Good evening. I would like to welcome you all to the Beerfield Podcast. I am your host at Beerfield Hop, Chris Hopper, joined by the man in the better hat at Beerfield Thurry. That's oh. me. The Lions just beat the Bears, dude. You ain't getting that one from me. <laughs> oh, that's why I wore this too. And Ryan Miner underscore FFB, who we continue to invite back for I'm not sure what reason. Because wait, you love me. Wait, don't you want to lose? Um, I do. Yeah, I do. And I want to see fields continue to develop, and I'm getting both things. So it's so but fun. I also want to lose too, because I want to try to get the uh the next connection of Bryce Young and Jameson Williams together. The best thing that can happen to the Bears right now is they get a super high pick in that quarterback range and then can go back from that position because they already have a quarterback and keep some draft capital that way. It's the best yeah, scenario. That would be uh, best that's case. The, that's the dream. That would be best case. Probably won't yeah. happen, but we'll see. Mid Texans do more. <laughs> we're actually going to look at some standings. We've just been hit some rest of season predictions because I didn't know what we were going to do. And that just seems like a fun thing to do. Just do it. Yeah, let's have some fun. Uh, let's talk some housekeeping first. At Beerfield on Twitter, if you still do that sort of thing. <laughs> at uh, Beerfield Hop, at Beerfield Theory, at Ryan Miner underscore FFB, Beerfield Podcast on YouTube and we're drinking. What's fueling beer fueled? Uh, Ryan, go ahead. Well, I, well, you should start this one. I, have, I bet All it's right. an IPA. No, no, it's not. Really? I changed it. I did. I changed it up tonight. I'm Look like you growing I'm, up. I'm going to surprise you guys tonight. I have Sheboygan Brewing's Blueberry Cream Ale. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Sheboygan Brewing's blueberry cream ale. Interesting. It's probably gonna be tasty, especially if there's if there's some vanilla in there. I've never had a cream ale before, so so cream ales are basically like here's a misnomer on cream ales. Not to tell you what to think. Um, the misnomer on cream ales is that people think they should be sweet and creamy, and that's not necessarily the case. They're a good base for beers like that because they're really light. Cream ales are actually a corn-based ale. Um, so that's kind of the difference between them and, uh, well, you ferment them at ale temps, but, um, and then it's just really corn and two-row and maybe some some sugar just to bump up the ABV. So they're actually supposed to be really clean, really crisp. Um, they can have like a natural fruitiness from ale yeast, um, but in some hop character, most of the time they're just supposed to be a clean, crisp alternative to like uh, a traditional lager. So oh. it's one of the. So that's, so that's why they have like a low IBUs on them. Yeah, they're yeah. low. They're yeah. low. Yeah, low IBU, typically low alcohol. Um, one, of, but yeah, one of the biggest misnomers is that they're actually supposed to be, you know, creamy in some sense, and that's yeah. Uh, think of like Captain Crunch. Ooh. No, you get like you get some of that like you know biscuity. It's you know yeah. like just like in ways to put it to people that that may not know all the fancy terms. Um, yeah, you, you, you know, think of it like you know just like Captain Crunch, and then when you know you know with your sake, Ryan, with it being a blueberry, it should be heavy blueberry. 
little I'm bit sure I'm sure, I'm sure there yeah yeah and I'm sure there'd be some like vanilla in there too. I'm sure it'd be sweeten it up a little something bit. Something to prop it up. And they're good beers for yeah. doing stuff like that because yep. of how clean the base beer is. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So that's why you see a lot of fruited cream males. I just had this conversation with Nick, like I think two weeks ago. Um, I'm getting called from work. That's weird. Uh oh. At eight ten at night. That that's probably never a good thing. Uh yeah, let me check on that. Hold on. And Green Bay just held the titans uh they just stopped them on fourth and one nice all right dan what are you drinking tonight i am drinking the last of my Oktoberfest because i didn't have anything i really wanted to i for, totally forgot to get beer i've been really lazy this week it's been a busy week i'm drinking polyanners i'm drinking their mars and style Oktoberfest. so I, I think hopper may have had on the the uh uh fest beer which is generally the lighter uh, version of this, you know, lighter in color, not really lighter in taste, mm-hmm. but um, lighter in color. This one is a traditional Marzen, which is going to be your predominant uh, American style of their Oktoberfest. So, you know, darker in color, sweeter, maltier, um, but, you know, done the correct way because the one thing that Germans can do right, and that's make beer. So, Oh, yeah. All right. I've got a new brewery on that I've never had before heard of. I was over in Missouri the other day and uh, and saw these guys for the first time. And, you know, I, I've come to a thing where, you know, cans that have like white plain labels tend to do good beer. So this is from Deep Sleep Brewing Company. It's a racemic red ale. Um, they're out of Washington, Missouri. So have not had anything from these guys before. This will be my, you know first impression of of their stuff so i'm excited i will middle school the hell let you know all right um let's go ahead and get into the news here um matt stafford practicing full on thursday uh concussion i am just reading off roto world because i did not prep anything for the show it's been a busy week uh, Gerald Everett limited. I had Carter limited. Let's talk Cooper Cup for a minute, just because that's an easy one. Until I find the the next thing. So, <laughs> Cooper Cup injured ankle. Um, on IR, top three wide receiver in the league. How do you? What do the Rams do? First off, they're pretty much sunk if they weren't already. How do yeah. you? Is the Rams replace a guy like Cooper Cup? Who are you? Who are you tapping to step up? And, you know, who are maybe some people that are starting to to put it together this season or break out that might be waiver wire fill-ins Paris Campbell? <laughs> Paris Campbell. <laughs> as for, I guess, as for the Rams part, I don't think anyone's going to really step up into this role. I don't think there's a receiver in that roster that can fill in maybe 30% of what of what Cup provides in the production. I guess they're going to get to see what Van Jefferson is as a true number one. Um, you know, when you, you know, spend a second round draft pick on a wide receiver, that's, that tends to be the hopeful outcome, uh, which has not been the case for him throughout his, his short career. Um, as for the other question, the waiver, I mean, you mentioned Paris Campbell, um, God, I'm Ryan, what's yours? I'm sure, I'm sure you have one. I'm I messaged you guys. Us. I messaged you guys earlier today about it. I said Ben Skoranek. Don't I think say, gonna... don't say, no. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
God, he benefits so much from having Cooper Cup. He did benefit from because he confuses who's like you know you know who's the white boy. Like Wait, which one gonna, do we cover? They're gonna put him in the slot. I bet. I just have a feeling he's he's gonna be the <laughs> Cooper Cup because that's what that's where you that's where they go. You have to when you're white. You go I don't to the think slot. that's really how that works. <laughs> you don't I think mean, so? I mean, I mean, sure, if he's white, yeah. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> he still has to be like like no. I mean, someone's got to catch passes, right? I guess. I mean, you know, Jefferson on the outside. Higby. Yeah, Higby's going to, I mean, they're all going to get an uptick in some way, shape, or form. But Allen Robinson, I mean, he's been getting targeted six, seven times a game. God, move really him in, I would move him into the slot. Robinson? Might be smart. Yeah, give that him w- some mismatches a little bit. I mean, he's not a great route runner, but give him some like mismatches and less press off. Try the to line. get him on a weaker corner and sacrifice yeah. Van Jefferson or, you know, Stronach big enough to play outside. But, you know, Robinson's your best proven weapon right now. I, you know, first Van Jefferson is had to step into an increased role before, and it's not really worked out fantastically, or the way people expect it to. Vince Skoranek got pressed into that role last year, particularly in the Super Bowl. Um, after Odell went down, that also did not go well, particularly. Now, rookie last year, late round pick. You hope he's developed some. He had some some dropsy issues and things like that. Um. You know, we know though that Skoranek should see an uptick is a, a similar type of player to Cup. But I, I I agree. For the Rams, the best adjustment they can make is to try to figure out how to get Allen Robinson more involved, try to create mismatches with him, try to get him into the slot and to work that role. I, th- I think Dan, you're absolutely spot on on that from Rams perspective. It, it's it, like it's also them needing to needing to probably shut down some of the, like, I won't say shut down the veterans, but this is their chance to also see what they get with some of their young guys. Robinson, it's on that, it's on that unknown. So I would hope that they give a little more run to Van, just, just so they can see, like, I, I don't have a lot of faith in it, but it'd be the smart thing to do. I have two, two at well in the same boat. Um, You're starting, <laughs> I know, I, right. I know you're already starting to see with the running backs, which is a whole nother clusterfuck, but um, did they announce if he's on short term or long term IR? Short term, he's on there for it's four. short term, but he had dab surgery. Yeah, so, so high ankle sprain. You think four to six weeks, and you know you're at it's week eleven. You don't really got you four to six weeks in a fantasy season, and I'd imagine since it had to be surgically repaired, you're on the long end of that, and. You have to ask yourself too if the Rams are totally out of this thing by that point in time, there's a chance they don't even try to bring him back. I mean, that would, again would be the smart move, and 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 the only way they they obviously bring him back is if their you know their fortunes change somehow without Cup, and they start you know winning some football games. But I would expect that if you're in redraft though, and you got Cooper Cup on your team. And you can you can use the short term IR IR to your advantage. Maybe find another dominant team that you can maybe try to get some you know some production out of it because it's hard. To, I mean, like even knowing that he's probably going to miss the rest of the year, if you got an IR slot, it's not set in stone yet. And if he comes back within that short timetable, that's week fifteen, week sixteen. That's 
in the middle of your playoffs, and it's not like Cup's going to be eased in. It's three weeks left. Right. So if he plays, he's going to play, right? Yeah. You're not you're not dropping him. No. You, you have an IR slider. You find not a way yet. to work it on your bench. You're not dropping yeah. him yet. Um, You know, yeah, and look, I'm Cooper Cup is the heart and soul of one of my dynasty teams, and I am in a world of F right now. <laughs> I mean, your team, I, I like your position in my, you know, with that team is really interesting because it really, it really highlights I just don't... how insane Cooper <laughs> Cup could be. Because you can, there is not a bad, there's not a bad reason to to trade for uh, Cooper Cup. Like there is no like. I'm surprised people haven't come out your word work and try to get player, you know, try to get them from you. Well, and here's the other thing, right? You talk about that interesting position. You're in, I, you know, it's a league with no trade deadline because it's dynasty. Because it's smart. And I'm right <laughs> there. Like, it, it, it's kind of this weird position of I'm right on the fringe of playoff competition, playoffs, probably even without him. But at the same time, there's almost no chance of a championship without him. So, yeah, I've traded Thanks, draft Nick. picks to try to make a run at it because of the window that I'm in. So I'm screwed there. And, you know, there's two ways to go is you try to hold off tread water and wait long enough. Or do you, you know, start trying to flip some of those one year pieces. And, you know, part of the, the ripcord on this whole thing was that there are players on that roster that can be flipped to recoup that draft cap. But who has draft capital anymore? Not teams that are paying for a 30-year-old receiver. You so, don't even have to use draft cap. I mean, like, you don't have to. Like, the highlight of the package doesn't have to be draft capital. No, it either. Can, it, I can just quick retool it and try to go get some young players for an older guy. I mean, I've seen. Teams, but... yeah. Shout out to our buddy, uh, Brad, uh, wrote a lounge on his Discord, which I'm a part of his Discord. Someone asked the same question. You know, they're, you know, their position, they're they're in a stronger contending team, you know, just a stronger yeah. roster. They're moving Cup in a second for Diggs. That was that was what they want to do. They want to move Cup in a second for Stefan Diggs, and I think that is in both in both cases. If the Diggs owner isn't you know competitive, that it gives him a player that's going to keep him competitive next year without having to score points this year, thus hopefully getting a better draft slot. So in that case, that's a win-win for both players, right? And that's the kind of moves you can make with Diggs or, or you can make with Cup, too, in that case. If you want to try to upgrade and go for it still, I think, I mean, it, it, it's going to be hard to, you know, for him to fetch, you know, multiple first. But a first a young player, like even if Cup's not going to finish out this year, a team like, like Drew's team, right, Hopper in our league, he's got like 20 draft picks next year. Mm-hmm. If you want to hit your window with the run running backs that he has now and will have later, you still got to have some veteran. You still have to have receiver. You still have to have players to score you fucking points next year. Otherwise you're going to uh, quickly waste the window of having a young core of running back. So trading for a guy like cup in that case, if, if you're, if you're in that position, it's also a good idea because you're, you're just upping your chances to be competitive quicker by getting rid of, you know, the shit ton of the currency you have. So there, there's yeah. many different ways you can go about it. That's why this injury is really unique in the sense where it's like there's there's not a wrong way. There's not a wrong scenario yeah. with Cup here. Right now what's going to happen is 
know your scenario, right? It's a big week. Uh, Jordan is a team that's immediately ahead of me in the playoff standings. Um, if I can beat him this week, then, you know, there's hope still alive. And then maybe it's hold on and hope that cup comes back and then worry about the rest of it later. If I lose, then yeah, we're in, we're in ripcord territory. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, I think a lot so- of that hinges on this week because that's going to be kind of a measuring stick too against a six and four team with how competitive can I be really? I mean, I I still like the receivers on there. You can you could yeah. easily limp into and survive a playoff spot. It's also what you've given up, right? You've uh, also you've invested a little bit to get into a run this year. So it's even more important. Yeah. It's, it it behooves you to probably keep trying so the draft pick you gave up isn't is lower is lower for the guy that you traded to and that's the other side of it too i need some things to break right with with swift and fournette there on the running back core but you know pulling in jackson pulling in you know foreman works so anyway enough about my fantasy team sorry that was a good discussion and segue and a really good way for me to respond a couple things kate kate to help out my coworker in the right direction without having to go log in. Um, <laughs> I like P- it. I'm log in tomorrow. Yeah. Um, see, bunch of guys limited right now. We don't really focus on that here. Um, because, because there's no need to. Because there's no need. <laughs> there to. really isn't a need. It's the Chargers. We move on. Um, Nicole Hardman to injured reserve okay. with an abdominal injury. MVS season. Well, you also have Juju who's still battling back from his concussion uh, protocol and he's not practicing. Right. So you're really into MVS seasoning. Really also probably into Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. I mean, you would, would, yeah, he should hopefully do a little more than than last week. Last week, he hasn't done much. Last week, he got the touchdown. That's good. Last week was a good step. Last week yeah. was a good step. Five targets, four receptions, 57 yards, and a touchdown. That's You look at that and you see, all right, good step. Now you're really going to see because they're going to have to rely on him. They're going to have to rely on MVS to pick up some of that slack. This is a team that, you know, especially if Juju doesn't go because Juju was breaking out as their top guy with a couple of ancillary pieces. So, you know, these guys are going to step up and pick it up and they're going to be filling pieces for the next couple of weeks. And you have Tony probably out there on waivers as is MVS in a lot of places. And again, if you're a team that just lost Cooper cup or, you know, traded for Nicole Hardman after one good game, <laughs> which that happened a lot of places too. Um, you know, next man up, those are fine fill-ins. I mean, yeah, dude, you can you also do. look at, you know, Look at tonight's game if you're looking for a cup replacement. Traylon Burks has got mm-hmm. he's he's five for five for fifty four yards. We're not even through the we're about to be done with the first half. He's sitting on a thirty percent target share right now, which is a, or not thirty percent. I'm yeah yeah about thirty percent target share right now, even higher. Just to name the note, in those maybe not super deep leagues where Burks is probably rostered, but you know, for the majority of the people out there that that don't play in degenerate leagues like we do. Mm-hmm. A guy like Burks might be available. Yeah, yeah. it's not like Nick. Uh, you, you can't Westbrook get him this week. But... 
Ah, fuck him. No, don't pick up Wade. No. No, no, he, no. Yeah. he made me nervous. He almost made me win last week. I got so mad. <laughs> I was getting so scared. He's another one, like, one week wonder there. So. Uh, it's because Burke was so badly back. No. He does it every year. He does. He has a couple of good games every year. Watson, our touchdown tonight, too. Yeah, and one reception for 14 yards. The, the, the <laughs> touchdown. I know. He got the touchdown. He, he got that tutty. He got the, yeah, got the tutty. Um, as I continue to move through, what do you all think about that? Let's talk some controversy here for a second. No. That Taylor Heineke play. Monday oh. Night Football, the weird knee with the late hit. Well, then he like like he gave himself up, right? It just kind of looked like he wasn't going to. Is yeah, that he rolled out and then gave himself up, and Reddick had a hand on him, didn't get flagged. Graham, I think Pat McAfee talked about it. He was like six yards away. He took came like in, three steps, took like three steps, and then he did give the illusion that he was trying to pull up, but still popped it. Was there helmet to helmet or no? No, no. I mean, it's it's Graham himself said it was it, it. Sure. He doesn't agree with it. Most of us don't because it's a dumb penalty. It's still a fucking penalty that's been there for two plus years. You get like in that situation with six steps. Obviously, we can't speak up on the thought that, yes, we can do what they do at full speed and be able to lift up and stop ourselves. But I mean, it's just it's just how the rule is, right? Like yeah. you can be pissed off about it all you want. It is it is a very critical play, too. You know, uh, unfortunately, but that's just a moment that that was in. If it was like two, like if it was a true bane to bane play and it got called, I'd be I'd be with him. I'd be I'd be pissed too. But it wasn't bane bane steps, right? Like he he was he was. I felt like there was time. I feel like the general idea, though, also is that you can't. There was time, and by the letter of the rule, you know that was a bad play. But if you're the rest, also like you don't want to be deciding games like that. No, but if you don't call, it's the same way, right? Uh, if, if they don't yes. call it, it's it's also you're giving Philly a lot more time to drive down there and try to get a touch. Would it have? potentially matter who knows but I, I always say you know a call out should be called if that was the case so we would get you know holding in every fucking play so in games yeah. last five or six hours I get it yeah I get it <laughs> I do Ryan what are your thoughts man I've been talking too much I didn't watch that part of the game so my thoughts are I, I would have to didn't look back at it. it in order to see it yeah okay gotcha um that's all right I found the next news bit so all the snowstorm <laughs> speculation, Bills and Browns being moved to Ford Field. That's great news if you're, uh, you know, playing fantasy for with any of these guys, and most of you are. So that's phenomenal news that they're going to Ford Field for this instead of playing it in six feet of snow. As fun as that would have been to watch as an NFL fan, that would have been did so you, ugly. Do you guys see how bad that storm was looking? Yeah, I, I mean, like it's just like four feet. Yeah, it it's just kept going sucks. and going. Like it started at thirty-one inches, and then it got to four feet. Then it's like up to six. So I'm like, holy crap! And they're saying like one the climate change by Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it went from summer to winter in one in one week. Freaking nasty. Uh, you know Benjamin cut. 
That was a surprise. Then way mm-hmm. and then picked up by Houston. Claimed, picked up by Houston. They also that picked, who else did they me. pick up? They picked up somebody else too, right? Was it a wide receiver that they picked up? I don't know. I'm just going off memory here. So I okay. try to read through things and find it. I, I don't know if it was anybody important. I mean, Benjamin's not really important, but I mean He's probably better than Burkett at catching passes, right? It gives you someone under 30 <laughs> to be behind uh, Damian Pierce. <laughs> yeah. I heard a tag team with Damian Pierce. So, I mean, yeah. And that's what you needed, right? Burkett hasn't been the answer as a receiver. They don't really have a lot of answers at, at receiver. Benjamin showed that he could be valuable. Um, you know that you've got somebody that can do it between the tackles and Pierce, but you, you know, he's the type of back that you have to compliment. That's why he wasn't rated higher coming out in the draft was because you knew he was going to have to be complimented with somebody else um, at least early in his career. And that's, that's exactly what this is. And I'm even more shocked. Like I like Keontae Ingram. I'm shocked that after, you know, the productivity you got out of Benjamin when Connor was hurt, that the Cardinals cut him, but he was, I mean, it, it was what one game really. And it wasn't enough. And we don't get to see Ingram in practice, but Ingram is, a bigger version of him. Like he, yeah. the, the, essentially the same player, we get 20 plus pounds and he's more, and I believe he's more explosive. So yeah. we have a true, a true workhorse backup to Connor instead of a slightly younger frame, not younger, but slightly smaller framed a uh, Benjamin. Yeah. He no, was pretty I, dominant I, at USC. I love Keontae Ingram. That is, he was, he was dominant Keontae Ingram. Not no, no, we love Ingram here. Oh yeah. Yeah, but you don't understand why he left Texas too. So. Yeah, it's some yeah. guy named Beechin. I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah. some, it's, it's some running back named Beechin so, Robinson. Has people, if people knock him for that reason, don't knock him for that reason. If someone right. knocks him for that reason, fucking mute him or block him because you don't want to hear their advice. Yeah, you got somebody that's going to be project, that is projected almost unanimously as elite. You, uh, yeah, he's he the next Barkley. He needed to get out. Yeah, he's for, the next Barkley for his own career. Yeah, that's he is. Not, He's going to get overdrafted in the first round. He's the next Barkley. Ingram? No, 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 no. No, Bijan. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, I love Ingram. I I do. I don't love him that much. I I like Ingram, too, (laughs) and I'm excited to see him potentially get a shot if anything happens to to Connor. But the other thing that you did here, I mean, Conte Ingram has not been getting a lot of run either. So do you trust James Connor's health that much? Because that seems like a mistake. You pick up Ingram everywhere. If he's yeah. on your way, uh, I know we're past the waivers, but if he made it through, because there's some leagues that go mine grab that him for free. free. Go grab him. I grabbed him for free in one of mine. Just go grab him and stash him because, as we mentioned, James Connor's health, not good. Not normally. Not, yeah, right. Yeah. He's one injury away. <laughs> literally now. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Um, Couple updates on some guys that missed last week. Stafford is expected to be cleared. Marquise Brown, um, his act, his window to be activated has been engaged. Um, so he's practicing. He's close to making a return. Um, when he does return, we'll go a little bit more into officially. Actually, let's say he does officially return this week. Cardinals play on Monday. You can't gamble on that this week because oh God, it's no. a Monday night no. game. No. Um, so. We'll have a little um, bit more to talk about with, you know, the impact of him versus Hopkins and how, you know, what you should expect because it's not going to be the early season productivity necessarily. But there is a Cardinal that we can talk about that there is an impact with Zach Ertz. He's done for the year. Yes. Uh, I mean, rookie tight end behind him and McBride. We know 
what rookie tight ends are, but the usage in the Cardinals offense with their tight ends with Ertz, there it it leaves some openings there. I don't know if it's all going to be McBride or maybe we're going to see a little more Rondell Moore. Maybe you'll see. I was going to see more Ronde- more Rondell Moore. Maybe maybe even work in you know, the middle. You get yeah. Marquise Brown back. You may see Greg Dortch fold in a little bit more again. He was productive at the beginning of the season. Um, and then you know. UDFA, but veteran Steven Anderson there. I'm surprised they haven't picked somebody up or elevated somebody as a third tight end. They do have Max with two X's Williams down on the practice squad. Yeah. He's a blocking option, not a receiving option. He's an athletic blocker. Yeah. McBridal. McBride should step into that starting role. I mean, they wait, they spend what a second round pick on him. Yeah, yeah. He was the first tight end drafted. Yeah. Yep. So he should, and he's definitely. If you're in need of tight end help, I mean, it's it's worth the flyer. But yeah, because this year it's Travis Kelsey and everyone else now. Yeah, you're hoping for a touchdown. That's, well, that's exactly it. Well, Mark Ingram or not Mark Ingram, Mark Andrews <laughs> should be coming back. He did have a couple bad games before he hurt the shoulder, but you know you hope that he puts himself right back up there with the Kelsey Andrews and then everybody else. But. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it is. Hawkinson also not doing too bad with uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Hawk, Hawk, you're, you're feeling pretty good about Hawks almost back to back 10 target games for him. He's in front really of territory. I'm not. I'm not. KOC spent that much capital to go get him. I'm, I mean, I'm not. I, I was shocked after the first game. I'm not shocked anymore. They want to use him. It's not my fault Detroit didn't want to use him. I'm sorry, Ryan. Uh, no, oh no, I thought it was a waste of pick. Anyway, <laughs> don't me. hate I the player, hate the game. It, it was totally yeah. a waste of a first round pick. You should, should have never. No tight end. I, no I don't give a end. fuck what you think about Kyle Pitts. No tight end is worth top ten at all. No, I was actually thinking it was going to affect Adam Thielen more, but Adam Thielen still was getting seven targets a game. Well, so Adam Thielen hasn't been doing much either. Yeah, he's he's no, it's it's coming Ooh. down for our boy Thielen. He's yeah, he's Two reaching touchdowns. his peak. Yeah. Five yeah, on three. Sorry. He's on the on the way back down the other direction. Yeah. You knew it was coming. Everyone knew it was coming. Just didn't know when. Father time always wins. Yeah. Unless, you're, unless you're Tom Brady. Brady. <laughs> yeah. And then you become too, a fucking robot. <laughs> yeah, he's 2-0 after being divorced now, so still undefeated. Yeah. Um, see Hopkins hold that held on, on Thursday. Kyler Murray. Um, practiced on Thursday. Cliff gonna do fantasy players a solid, it sounds like, and actually name a starter before Sunday. So thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, thanks Cliff. I think Murray sits down one more week. Eh, if he's already practicing. He says yeah, very limited though. Was I it? I uh, we'll see. It's Monday. We'll see. S is again Sunday. Yeah, don't gamble on it. Yeah, um, we'll, I don't want to answer it now. Yeah, ask us again Sunday, but it's a Monday night game, so we'll have some streamers for you here in a little bit. Yeah, that's it is Monday. That's why it's tough. Yeah, I just pick up Colt McCoy just in case, or don't pick up the guy on the other side of that game. Why not? Why not Colt McCoy? Why not the guy on the other side? No, I said pick up the guy on the other side. Yeah, you want to. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 
There uh, he's he, he was the best streamer option I had. Let's put it that way. And I did exactly <laughs> that. So and I recommended him to somebody else too. So it's that that's Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way. He's the guy on the other side. Just you're not. Just FYI. You haven't looked at that yet. That's that's who that is. All right. I don't think I have anything else to to look at. So let's go. Let's talk some real NFL. Let's pull away from fantasy for a second. Let's go look at the real NFL, shall we? Sure. We, sh- we shall. All right. Let's let's break this down to some questions. Teams in contention for the number one overall pick. There are no one win teams. There are. There is. I think. There's a one win team. Houston. Houston, Houston, Houston. is. Yeah, Sorry, Houston they're at the is. bottom. So you got Houston at one and seven. You got the Raiders two and seven. Um, and then you have a cluster at three and six, uh, or three and uh, three win teams. Sorry, we'll call it three win teams because of buys and everything. You have a holy, you have a, so you have a lot of three. Holy sh- yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize there's that many until the I Broncos, just like, Browns, Steelers, Yikes. Jaguars in the AFC, in the NFC, the Rams, the Lions, the Bears, the Panthers, and the Saints. Oh, my Saints. The Eagles are going to have a top five pick <laughs> from the Saints from that Saints trade last year. I forgot about that. <laughs> Seattle might have a fucking top five pick. All right. So looking at everything there, call it. Who's getting who's going first overall? Who's going to be the worst team? Does Houston hold on to that or does Carolina take them in futility? Um, I think the Raiders, Raiders, Raiders might be your best fall? bet. Yeah, a little, a little harder division, I suppose. The Bears, there's a chance. Houston, like it's depends who the guy left. I'll I'll pull up their uh their schedule here and see what we got. But they're not in a tough division, but they are. I mean, so point. they got uh, in terms of tough teams left. Washington, we can you know, good enough. Miami, they obviously play the Browns when Watson comes back. Dallas, Kansas City, Tennessee, and then they end on Jacksonville and Indy. That's they're not going to win a game until weeks. It, it won't have a chance to win a game probably till week seventeen when they play Jacksonville. That's yeah. on New Year's Day. That's when you'll probably see what happens. I I put my money on Houston. Be it'd be my biggest guess. Obviously, they'd be the best bet to make because they're already in the lead and they have the tie. Which could fuck up a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. In so many ways. Like one and a half wins, basically. Yeah. Um, Ryan. You yeah, I mean that's or? yeah, that's the I mean it's the easiest one to look at because like you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams right now that are around two to three wins. Yeah. So like that that number is like that number one it, it looks solidified with uh Houston but number two and beyond you know two to eleven you're guessing Raiders Raiders may not win a game either though yeah uh, Denver Seattle both uh, Chargers and Rams back to back Patriots Steelers and then they end on the Niners and the Chiefs. Oh, uh, that's yeah, a much that tougher well road. I was looking at Pittsburgh because they're the bottom in points scored, but their schedule is definitely easier as it goes down the stretch. They've got, um, so they got the Bengals, they got the Colts, which is a winnable game, the Falcons, which should be a winnable game, 
the Ravens, the Panthers, which is a winnable game, the Raiders, which is a winnable game, and then the Ravens again, and then we'll see what the Browns are with Watson back at, at the end there. But they definitely have three or four winnable games in there for Pittsburgh. Yeah. If they even go 500, they're going to take themselves right out of it in those winnable games. Um, and you got teams like the Rams and the Browns and then the Broncos themselves have, you know, good chances to, I won't say right this ship to make a playoff from, but that ship's going to be really middle of the road for them. You know, strong enough rosters, maybe not Pittsburgh as much, but strong enough rosters to get them to win, especially the Browns. Ooh, if the Bears lose to the Falcons, they're in pretty good shape. The Falcons... Bears are scoring a fuck ton of points, though. Yeah, but if the Falcons beat the <laughs> Bears, the Bears go against, they go up against some good defenses. They go up against the Jets, and then they got Green Bay, who steamrolled them earlier in the season. And they go up against the Eagles, the Bills, and the Lions, who they just lost to. I think they will win that one. And then the Vikings. So the Bears don't have an easy slate. I see them maybe winning two of those, maybe three, two of them, probably. Which is yeah. probably too many because that puts them at five wins. But you know, I I think that they could easily, you know, not win two of those two. So maybe that's a little wishful thinking. I definitely think Houston has the best shot. But looking at some maybes there, Houston, yeah, they, they as long as they don't pull a Jets and you know let Jacksonville and I guess the Lions who let you know let another team backdoor them in the final week. I don't think the Lions are, but win you know, but the top two picks are are, you know, but as we know right now, between Stroud and Young tend to be the consensus top two QBs, which are, I think, by a lot of people, they're not too far apart in terms of prospects. No, they're not. Um, and Will Anderson, it's like been looking at as the number one player for a linebacker. Why would you take a linebacker? Isn't he a pass rusher? Yeah, or yeah, is he? I think he's a linebacker. If he's a linebacker, he's not going top five. He won't even go top ten. He's got to be an edge. Yeah, interior. You're not. That won't happen just because of positional. Yes, that that's it. He might be the best player. He might be the best player, but because I think he's an edge. I think he's an edge. Positional premiums. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's an edge. He could be listed as a linebacker, but be an edge rusher, and then that's different. All right, um, let's go the other way here. So, lot. Let's go to kind of division by division. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's throw some winners there. So, AFC East, you've got the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills, all within a game of each other. Patriots too. Entire AFC East is over five hundred. If the if the playoffs started this week, all four teams would be all four in teams season. would be in. Yeah. Yep. Who yep. Miami? Hold on to win this division. Does Buffalo overtake them? Uh, do the Jets continue to run a Cinderella schedule? Miami hasn't lost a game in which Tua has started and completed a game. And technically, with them, they're they're undefeated. Miami looks like the best team. Like I think they look. I think I think they look a more like <laughs> the Chiefs. Obviously, give them run for their money, and we know how good Buffalo is on paper, especially when Allen gets out of this his injury in this uh, uh, funk dolphins are in a really good position though with wins both over the, you know, with, you know, with the win over the bills right now and to take, I think, I think they could take that division. I really do. Yeah. Looking at the remaining schedule, they've got the Texans this week, so they should win that W um, they've got, hopefully. 
hopefully. <laughs> and then they've got the Niners. That should be a pretty good game. Yeah, it should be a very good game. Chargers, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen look to be close, so they should be close to at least back to full strength on offense. The Bills again. And that'll then, be a really good game. That'll be a really good game. That's because they beat Josh Allen. They beat before, yeah. you know, they beat the Bills with a healthy Josh Allen. Right. And Earlier then, this year. And then Packers, Patriots, and end with the Jets. I mean, I think that there it's going to be a battle to the end between them and Buffalo. Yeah. And if Buffalo gets that game on the 18th, you know, then they've already got a one game lead, though, too. So they Buffalo needs some help here from either the Chargers or the Niners, and they need to beat them on the 18th. And then they pretty well, I think, would need to win out, probably. So can they? They got the Lions, Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Patriots. So, I mean, the Bills winning out is not unfathomable here. They also got to get they got to get Allen healthy. They need a defensive. That whole defense needs to get healthy. Well, the defense Buffalo. needs to get healthy. That too. And they, because uh, the offense is fine. The offense can run it. Like I'm so shocked that didn't at least run with Keenum. Then again, Allen pretty much looked like he was at least ninety percent of himself. So. Maybe yeah. he's not too far off from, no. you know, from being healthy. But you know, you get plays like it. he made against the, you know, like you know, you know his his first interception, you know, and he tried to punch the ball out against Pat or, or against Peterson, and nearly re-injured himself. I mean, he did, but it wasn't enough to obviously take him out. But it's it's those type of things too where it'll be all right, but. It's a fucking tank, though. I'm more worried about the fact for them being able to win the division that they they need help um, from either the Niners or Chargers, and then they pretty well got to win out. And while it's feasible, they have to also win that game against the Dolphins. And then if they're they've got a tough matchup against the Bengals, um, they're not the Super Bowl favorites. You can definitely say that. No, not, not anymore. anymore. No, not anymore. that would be the Chiefs to be at least from the AFC. Would be, yeah, would not yeah. Be the Chiefs for me. They have the easiest path to the one seed now. So um, the Patriots, I don't think, have a prayer at this. And while the Jets are a good story, I still think that offensively they can't keep pace with the Bills and the Dolphins, even though that defense is is good. Yeah. And their winning against the Dolphins was fluky. Was it true third string? Yeah. AFC North, uh, Ravens and Bengals at the top of this one. Uh, Browns two games back of that. Watson coming back week twelve, so next week. Um, in Pittsburgh, at three and six. So I mean, look, the Browns and the Steelers are not catching this division wise. So, um, it's between the Bengals and the Ravens. Ravens right now have a one game advantage. Um, Ravens hold on, or do the Bengals recover from kind of a a slow start? Uh, Bengals 0 3 in the division doesn't help either. No. Ravens tie, 2 and 0. Tiebreakers. No. And and that's no. obviously your best spot. I mean, this this division was always between them. Just depends how quickly they get chased back. And then if the offense can line and start to gel, I mean, all three of these teams within their division have strong pass rushes. So it's it's a lot healthy for you know for the Steelers, definitely. So the Ravens do not have a tough schedule either the rest no. of the season. They've got Panthers. The toughest games are Broncos. You, well, yeah, well, they've got you know, one left basically. against the Bengals in January. January 8th, they got 
So yeah, week eighteen. We so one, yeah, it's gonna be uh they're really they're a great, great regular season team. As long as Lamar stays healthy, they're probably winning that division. Yeah, because Jags, the Broncos defense is gonna be a tough test for them, but um offensively, probably not. Um as far as the Jags, Steelers, Browns. Again, Browns could be a different story. Watson, the football player. Probably be a little too far. Watson, the person, but. Probably a little too far behind by the time he gets back, though. That's going to be. Right, right. But talking wins and losses still mattering, though, too. I mean, I don't think the Browns are going to catch them if they win that game, but looking at potential L's rest of the season for. for sure. Sure. Because. Um, yeah, the other thing too is the Bengals cannot have a similarly soft schedule with where they've finished, and they don't. And and they've been very up. I mean, they've been very up and we down. We see them get on their streak last year. Obviously, they got on a late season run that propelled them with the injury to Lamar. They got them to that top spot over Pittsburgh. It's uh, they've been equally as inconsistent this year as they were last year. The Ravens are winning this division, looking at their schedule versus what the Bengals <laughs> got left. Bengals have Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Bucks, Patriots, Bills, and Ravens. The Ravens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a Cincinnati's tough. Cincinnati's got a tough sledding. Got some tough sledding there. So it happens when you uh, go to the Super Bowl. Your schedule the next season is not going to be great. Yeah. And you win your division because you're playing all number one teams. Yep, and it shows. Uh, AFC South, that's Tennessee six and three, and I don't really see the Colts rebounding well enough to catch them. They could, but this should be theirs. Like should... outside of a, a pretty, I don't see them lose. I mean, I'm sure they'll lose some other games, but. This division yeah. should be, they should have this wrapped up. This should be the, besides maybe the Chiefs, should be a, the first team to wrap up their division. Yeah. In the AFC. But, by the way, from a fantasy perspective, as we go over some of these remaining schedules, pay attention because, you know, the Ravens having a soft remaining schedule, that's something you want to pay attention to. Um, you know, same thing when we talk, you know, Bills and Dolphins, you want to pay attention to that, some of that rest of season stuff now, especially as you look at waiver claims. So just, Keep your eye on that as we do run through those for some of these teams. Um, I agree with you. Titans got the AFC South pretty well locked up, and then the Chiefs are going to win the West. So three wild card teams out of the AFC. So if we're thinking that your division winners are going to be your current division leaders, how does wild card shake out? Cincinnati get in, Jets, Bills will definitely. So the, I think. We can safely say that the Bills are going to be one of them. Whichever one of the Bills and Dolphins does not win that division is going to get in as one of the wild cards. Yep, agree with that. Um, I mean, the AFC's got a. I mean, the East has a really strong chance of sending three teams. teams. Yeah, they send I mean, all four. They, really they can. That? Yeah, they can send all four now. If yeah. the playoffs started today, all four teams in the AFC East would have. Oh, okay. Been the because playoffs. of the three. Yeah. Because of tiebreakers. Yeah. Right now. Yes. That's exactly how that would go. Yeah. The Jets, Bills, and Patriots, and then they'd be followed by the Chargers, Bengals, and Colts would be would round out the top ten there. So it's just so funny. You look at the AFC East and you look at the AFC West and they should be the exact opposite. 
<laughs> yeah, they should you'd be. think, right? You'd you think, know, you'd in think. reality. So the Bills got one of those. Um, so Bengals, Chargers, or we'll say Jets. For the last two? For the next one. I mean, the Chargers just seem to have bad luck no matter what they do. Like, you know, they, they go into a season completely healthy. This is their first season, too. They went in completely healthy, and then they start losing everyone right off the bat. Yeah. I, uh, and for them, for them to make a run, they have the Chiefs this week. That's going to be tough. The Chiefs are banged up, though. Um, and Let's see the Chiefs when they, that brings them to 5-5. Five and five. Yeah. And then so they're 5-5 five five if they win that game, right? If the Chiefs win that game. The yeah. Chargers go to five and five. Yeah. So then rest of the season, let's say they get healthy against Arizona. They can win that one. They can beat the Raiders. That would be seven and five. Dolphins, Titans, those are going to be tough. Chargers, Rams, Broncos. So they could go get those guys back and probably go card probably beat the Cardinals, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. That would make them five and two over the last seven. So they'd be ten and seven. Ten and seven, yeah. That that's that's probably that's probably competing for the seventh seed. Maybe sixth, but probably just the seventh. Probably the seventh seed. Um, I agree. The Bengals have a tougher schedule than that in five and four. At least they have a soft end to their schedule. The rate or the uh the Chargers, their last three weeks are should all be winnable games. Right. The Bengals by that point, the exact opposite. Maybe, maybe Denver, because you know, Denver is they're they're also winning ugly, even though they're not winning a lot of games. Chargers really haven't beaten anybody also. I mean, like, you look at their strength of victory. Like those combined teams are, it's one of the lowest in the league. So the Jets down the stretch, Patriots this week, Bears, Vikings, Bills. Lions, Jags, Seahawks, Dolphins. They they're probably going to go one and one out of those Patriots Bears tilts. If I had to guess, and it's a good defense. They could go two. Oh, but let's man. say one and one out of that split. That schedule is, yeah, fucking brutal, right? Then, then you, oh, you're probably my looking. God. One and three after Vikings, Bills, two and three, Lions, Jets, three and three. And they split Seahawks, Dolphins. Seahawks seems a toss up. That's why I'm going to say that. So they're 500 the rest of the way, probably. The Jets are. The Jets? Yeah. That would put them at 10 and seven. It's so hard for me to trust. It's, It's so hard for me to trust the Jets, too. It is. It, I think they squeak in. I think it's going to be them and the Chargers for the last two behind either Buffalo or Miami, whoever doesn't win the division. And then I think Cincinnati is the one that ends up on the outside looking in there. Yeah. I mean, the game against the Patriots is going to be huge. Um, They just it, it, it's an offense that is still yet to find their footing at all. Yeah. And it's really hard to just judge how a team's going to perform when they're solely based off of a strong defense because you look at any team that can you know put up points in bunches the bears are one of the highest scoring teams right now yeah like like you can't stop justin fields and, and that offense while it may not it, it does not look good on paper no they just find it's like it's like with baltimore with you know during uh 
Jackson's uh, rookie season. They're just hell even now. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, too, yeah, yeah. With Bateman hurt and Andrews not playing, even I mean, now they, I mean, they could easily lose their next uh, four four games. Yeah, and yeah, well, we'll be having a completely different conversation. They have to go one and one over the next two weeks for them to to do this. They've got to split those Patriots. They got to go three and one, or not three one. They they probably, I think the lowest they can go is two and two through this four game stretch. Yeah, that's what I just said. They got to go five hundred, basically. Yeah, yeah. Through they got to the go two and two through this stretch and the rest of the way. They got to go five hundred, and I think they'll squeak in as the last, in that last spot. And they and they probably they have to win this week because I think I th- I think their competition is mainly going to be more the Patriots and the Bills for that. You know, from those uh, six seven seed spots. Really? Well, I'm thinking that. Six and seven seeds, you're probably going to be between the Jets and the Chargers. Well, that's which, what I'm saying. Like the yeah. Jets are going to have to compete. Probably we'll be competing more with the Chargers and the Patriots and yes. the Bills. So getting this game in hand to get this back to five hundred because they lost to them a couple weeks or this past week, or not or uh, two weeks ago, they would they they're going to want to even that. Like they don't want to go into the you know into the head to head face offs at zero and two against the Patriots. Patriots have also a terrible like, schedule the rest of the season, though, too. I mean, so. I, I mean, a lot of these teams, like, you know, the Bengals looks fucking gross. The Jets are rough. They have at least Jets. an easier ending schedule That's besides why, the Dolphins. That's why I think the Chargers get in, because they have the easiest remaining schedule. Of, <laughs> they also got to get healthy and, 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 well, and, it and seems win like, these games, because like, they're not even beating, like, you, good teams right now. They're only got, beating bad teams. Williams they're not even beating bad teams. No, yeah. and you've got Williams and Allen back at practice, so that's going to go a long way towards getting healthy and helping that. Yeah, but it's the defense has got to get healthy too. Patriots rest of the way, Jets again, big game for both teams, but then they go Vikings, Bills, Cardinals, Raiders, and then Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. That's pretty. Yeah, those last three games are pretty very bad. Tough. I pulled up to Colts. You know they they look like the outside looking in, but. I think they also have be. a very they also have a very tough. I mean, they, you know, they get Philly this week, then they get Pittsburgh, Dallas, Minnesota, Chargers, Giants, and Texans. They don't really get a a a a, a nice running spot to maybe get them a shot. It's pretty ugly, regardless. Yep, they're probably yep. not in either. Nope i I think that your your race for those last two is a three team race, maybe four, depending on what New England does. Um, my thought is you got a three team race between. The Jets, the Chargers, um, and the Bengals for those last two spots. Yeah, if, and if I think for whatever, I'm sorry, I I was just gonna put put a bow on it and say I'm planting my flag on the Jets and Chargers being the two that get in. If if for whatever reason the Browns can win these next couple of games, <laughs> that's a huge if. And Watson doesn't have too much rust. We'll see. Ryan, what are your no, I'm on the top too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was looking through the schedules too, and I'm like, yeah, I don't see. It. I was even trying to say like, oh, maybe Jacksonville has a chance, but nope. It's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they got to win out. Yeah. Like the Broncos, because like you know, you know, a team like Denver with Russ, a lot of expectations. They have to win out. Maybe they can afford to lose one more and finish ten and seven, but Jacksonville has to win out. Raiders are in the same boat. They, you know, they would have to win out for them to have a shot. And then 
you know, we can have this conversation again, maybe in like, you know, three or four weeks when it's a little more clarity and we're not saying, well, if they went out, you know, maybe they get in. All right, let's go to the NFC. All right. Yeah, more Wherever exciting. Standing. Yay. Yeah, this one is more exciting. Let's start at the East. Uh eight and one Eagles, seven and two Giants, and six and three Cowboys, with the commanders at five and five. This is another one where everyone's five hundred or better. Um so actually, is this the same scenario? No, so San Francisco has San Francisco in over the commanders. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's Dallas, San it's Dallas, San Francisco, and New York that's in right now. So two of the three with San Francisco and the commanders close together. So yeah, it's it's close to that, honestly. So it's gonna be it's gonna be this will be a lot of fun. It is gonna be a lot of fun. The watch of the top two seeds, how all the number one seed plays out, and then the watch the wild cards and to see like a team if like Seattle, like do they you know stumble backwards a little bit? They well maybe. Let's look at the NFC East real quick though. Eagles rest of season. Colts, Packers, Titans. That'll be tough. Giants. That game's gonna be huge. They got the Giants twice. Yeah, and the Cowboys. That number one seed spot's gonna be so much fun. It's gonna be Minnesota so much has fun. a. I think Minnesota has a, based on strength of schedule, left. They have an easier, easier road path to it to an extent, but because they have a lot of the AFC East left too. Minnesota's got an easier path path to winning the NFC East. No, I'm saying just a conference. <laughs> I'm. Just, I'm excited, God damn it! I want to talk about the one seed, but no, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Promise. We're assuming, by the way, back to the ASU real quick, we are assuming the Chiefs. We didn't talk about the one seed there and who gets the bye between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. As of right now, I mean, it, it should be. I mean, it'd be the Chiefs. But, yeah, the well, Chiefs schedule looks a lot easier. But you have teams, you know, a team like Buffalo obviously can make a run. We yeah. know how good Baltimore can play, and they don't have a strong strength of schedule left if they get high. It's should be the Chiefs. This is why I think they're the Super Bowl favorites, at least the favorites out of the AFC yeah. uh, conference to make the Super Bowl because they're. I think they're going to end up with home field advantage there. Sure. I I would say the Chiefs are also probably going to win that. Yeah. The, when they take the one seed in the bye. So... Promise when we start doing playoff seeding, we will get to the one seed. The, but for the Eagles to be in contention for that one seed, you got to hold out the Giants. I think that the separation happens because I think that the Eagles are going to sweep the Giants in those two games. I think it goes one and one. Do you? I do. Giants are similar. Like both, both New York and Washington are very similarly built from both sides of the ball. And they can give you, you know, great pass rush, you know, decent enough secondary to make some plays. And the offense just gives you just just enough of a, you know, of a fit. And Philly, as great as they've looked so far, there are times where their offense just kind of, just kind of goes away. And we see some of the, you know, we see some of the youth and hurts, some of the same mistakes you see in Josh Allen, right? 
you know, yeah. with the you know with the Bills are on this you know two game losing streak and they haven't really looked themselves the last uh, three games. Hurts is kind of in that same boat where it, it wouldn't shock me if there's some stumbling from Philly against the Giants and their one game left against Dallas too. Where so let's say they go two and two over the four game over. It's not a four game stretch, but let's say they go two and two in those games, two games against New York, one with Dallas, one with Tennessee. So if they go two and two there, you look at your, that puts them at 10 and three, your remaining games. You think they beat the Colts should. Yeah. That you think they beat the Packers. Yes. The bears. Yes. And saints. Yes. Okay. So if they, 14 and three, that would put them at 14 and three. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, it's realistic. It, that is realistic. And, you know, is that enough to win the division with a one game lead on the Giants? Giants will have to finish out strong themselves. Also, back, I mean, obviously, as we just talked about it, you know, back to, they'll have two games left with Philly, which is going to be their big test. They already lost to uh, Dallas this year. Yep. I, they're, they're probably going to be like the Jets. They'll probably fall a little out of the line and kind of be out of it, but just enough to give teams fits that are left. Not, not fall the playoffs, but fall out of the, the race for the number one spot in the NFCs. Lions this week. I think that'll be surprisingly fun. What? Yeah, it'll, it'll be a close <laughs> loss for the Lions. I don't, I don't know. Hopefully. And for the then, Lions? Look, yeah, at that, look at that stretch from weeks uh, 12 through 15. Uh, it's, yeah. it's brutal. Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings. We'll have this question. There's the Colts. We'll we'll have this conversation about who gets this division after Week 15, then, because the Giants have you know four straight, you know, games within their division, and then they close out with the Eagles, and they close out with the Eagles. We'll we'll know for sure if the Giants are going to be for real. Yeah, for real, for real. And you know. Lions, we'll we'll see what happens. There could be a surprise there. Um, probably not. But you know, Dallas, like you said, they beat them once. They've got to beat Dallas. Um, I think they have to split. I think they have to sweep the Commanders and put them out of their misery to have a prayer because I don't think they beat the Giants, or the Eagles, or the Vikings. No, Commanders are just going to make the NFC East really difficult. Like, yes, that whole division is going to fuck themselves. That's why. That's why I think they they're because they're all they'll put stumble the out of the number one speed in the conference, but mm-hmm. it, it, it'll be like the East on the other side, right? They'll yeah. they'll it'll be a hard five game every game for them, and you're going to see some losses. You're going to see some surprises out of there. So the Eagles are winning that division. I'm pretty sure. I would. Yeah. Do we look I'm, at Dallas and what they have left? I mean, we kind of know. I guess looking at everything else, they were, they were also going to have a ton of games left against the East. They got a tough. Yeah. They got so. Little easier, so they have the Colts, Texans, and Jaguars. They they haven't played any of the AFC South yet. Oh shit! Their, and, their and next game. So after they play, so so after they play the Vikings this week, they're only playing against the South, the AFC South, or the NFC East. That's it. Yeah. So let's say <laughs> they. Wow, that's not yeah. really bad. No, Jaguars. Colts game should be wins. Giants games. I mean, they beat them once. I was 
So circle week 16, that game against the Eagles. The Eagles, that's going to be a I big think, one. I think whoever, they'll beat the Giants and the, you think and the Commanders gets, left. think whoever gets that gets the division? Very good chance. Or is it week 18 where they play the Commanders also? I mean, I'm saying like because they're in a – I mean, they should win that game. I'm circling week 16 as as a must that win true for... test. I mean, yeah, it's a must win for both teams. Yeah. Because I think that's going to be a big deciding factor, especially with the Eagles already having a game in hand against Dallas. Yeah. This week's also big for Dallas, so let's not forget that either because yeah. if the Vikings win this one, then, you know. It, yep. No, I agree. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be a big one because the Vikings and Titans, you got to watch watch those games too because those are both losable games for, for Dallas. I mean, like they can still lose. Like, and the, the Giants. Giants played them tough. Yeah. Yeah, and they beat the Giants. It was with Cooper Rush. Obviously, you know, getting Dak back should have helped improve overall as he gets kind of you know out of his you know funk, I guess. Also, very strong defense. Like, I think those games, as Ryan mentioned too, against the Commanders, to you know to end the season, those those three remaining NFC East games are all going to be they're going to be huge dog fights and just massive because they're two and one in the division, which is fine. You got to circle week sixteen because that's that is a that is a true muscle. They're not winning that division yeah. if they lose that game. I've got. They're not winning if they win it. Yeah, I've, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm probably rooting for them at that point. <laughs> I've got them. Um, just looking at the rest of it, running through my quick predictions, I got them twelve and five, and the Eagles winning the division. Okay, fourteen and three. Okay, that's where I'm at. So losses against the Vikings and the Titans. Losses against the Vikings and the Titans. Yes. So they beat so well, they beat the Eagles. Without putting too 16. much without putting too much on that, it the, that prediction is based on they split the Vikings and Giants games in some okay. fashion. Okay. Um they beat the Eagles, Texans, Jaguars. Or okay. sorry, the Colts, Texans, Jaguars. They beat the Eagles, which they have to do. And then they go okay. one and one in those Titan in the games against the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Week sixteen will that's when, that's when we circle. But put it this way: basically, with the Eagles, Titans, Commanders games, they go two and one through those. Okay, which is realistic. Yeah. No. No, I agree. Or Derek Henry with a with a throwing touchdown. Really? Oh, yeah. awesome. He threw it to Austin Hooper, three yards out. <laughs> Who wants so, to run it? And I'm just gonna throw. Oh, it. you know what? I I don't even have to see the play. Shotgun snap, jump pass. Love it. I I don't even have to see the play. I am not watching the game. I am making a guess that that was a shotgun snap jump pass. <laughs> Austin Hooper lines up like he's a like he's a tackle. Yeah. Now somebody watch that and tell me if I'm right or wrong. Well, we'll find out. I'm sure there'll be a highlight on on Twitter soon enough. Um, NFC North. Vikings have that division. That's not even close. No, there's no discussion on that one. I mean, the Packers, the Packers are losing tonight bad, so. Yep. Yeah. That, uh, th- yeah. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Yep. Uh, NFC South, now that, you know, Brady's got a monkey off of his back. <laughs> I just saw <laughs> them dark kids in that, and in in, in my petsky wife. Let's go win a game. Let's go win a Super Bowl now. Let's go win two uh, games, actually. Tampa's got that, right? Yeah, it we looks like it's so We don't far. believe in Atlanta. No. Atlanta's a fraud team. They'll probably have, I mean, they may wrap up that division 
before the Vikings wrap up the North. That's that's how confident I think the Bucks. The Bucks are winning out. I don't know where they're playing left, but they're probably winning out. Let's the see. Bucks have the Browns, the Saints, 49ers, Bengals, Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons. That's it. They're losing so, one game the rest of the way. So maybe yeah. the Bengals. Yeah. Maybe the Bengals are Niners. I guess they go That's one and one. There. One and one in that. They're losing one game the rest of the way. They're they're winning the, that division. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> They'll finish eleven and six. Yeah. At worst. At worst. They figured it out. Yeah. Um, NFC West. So that's interesting. The Cardinals are not out of it. Um, I think the Rams, we can, the three games back, we can call them out of it. With the cup injury too, yeah. With the cup injury. So the Cardinals are not out of it. Two back. Um, the Niners and the Seahawks at the top of this. So this is big in a couple senses. The Cardinals are in the best spot at one and three in the division. Only two division games left, too. Right. But I think it comes down to the Niners and Seahawks. I'm not saying that you're right. The Cardinals aren't out of it, out of it. But Niners, I I think it'll be the Niners. It's hard for I I'm still I still can't fully don't believe in Seattle. Yeah. I, I, I don't want. I mean, I should. I, I love rooting for Geno, but I I just can't. So. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that, that's just I'm saying that we got a question if you want to yeah, pivot to fantasy. Yeah, that question real quick. All right, so we're going to Mo Diesel. Mo Diesel. He wants to know, we got to flex one of these guys. Allen Robinson or Brandon Ayuk? Half point PPR. And he also has, to, so we're going to answer that question, then we'll answer a second one. I'm going with Ayuk. He's been quiet. He just hasn't got the touchdowns, but he's, He's, He's been, been good. putting it together. He's Robinson. Maybe this, you know, this cup injury unlocks him, but I, I would trust the IU more so than I he, with him producing already than Robinson having to make a step up and hoping to see that it happens. What was the question again? Sorry, work distracted me. No, you're good. Ayuk or Brandon or Brandon. Ayuk or Allen Robinson, half PPR. Ayuk's like you just said, Ayuk's been getting the targets. And so, um, and just so happens to be looking at this game, they got a good matchup against the Cardinals. So I, I would tend to lean that route. I, you know, I do think Robinson has some some upside, but with Ayuk, I think you can afford to to wait and make sure that's true with where Ayuk's been the last couple of weeks. So I'd go Ayuk. Ryan? Yeah, I already said Ayuk. You just said Ayuk. All right. Second question, which I'm assuming is a, another league, which involves Robinson and Ayuk. Uh, should I trade Allen Robinson and Rashad White for Brandon Ayuk? No. Uh, he highlights having Walker, ETN, Mike Evans, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry. I'm, and I would not. I would also I would not make that, that trade. trade. Yeah. I think that you're moving lateral right now from Robinson to Ayuk. You know, we did just say start Ayuk. It's not significant enough. And, you know, one, Fournette's got the hit pointer, so he's not healthy. And he's already in a split backfield with Rashad White. Um, the the return in, in that as a two-for-one is is not quite enough. No. Yeah, if you're looking to try to move Rashad White with the news of Fournette potentially not, with him being a 50-50 after their bye week this week, Shoot I would aim. I would aim higher than as Hopper said. I would aim higher than I you aim for a guy like T Higgins or somebody that that 
maybe has a higher ceiling, you know, he's he's coming off the buy and uh Chase coming back, maybe you can get an owner. Maybe you can get the guy to maybe move off of him. But I would I would look to make a little higher move than a he's pretty much a lateral move. Yeah, and you read my mind on that one. I was thinking Jamar Chase on that one too. I was like, I'd go for Chase because you're not Robin... getting <laughs> you get Chase. You're not I, getting Chase for you that. You get Chase, bro. I'll be happy like, for you, but but Robinson and Ayuk almost seems like an even split, you know, because they're not that far. I mean, you're taking a step no, down from Ayuk. Or and Robinson, up, yeah, go it, from Robinson and Robinson's got a little upside if he does take more of that. If he's the one that takes the majority of that Cooper Cup work too, he does, and that's a trade that maybe you can make straight up if you prefer Ayuk, but. You don't want to, the way that White's been trending, you don't want to, that two for one is a little much. Yeah, especially like, you'll definitely get it. I If I'm on the other end of that, I'm matching except. So if your goal is you really want Brandon Ayuk, then sure. Like, because at the end of the day, you're running your team. So taking the other side of this, I'm matching except if I get that trade. So you're going to get it done. I'm just not sure I'd want to do it. We're also in the heart of trade deadline season. So, yes. Mo, if your deadline's this week, man, um, I'd aim higher. I, I, if if you can't find a partner, I, we all agree we're going to. I, I'm never going to use Rashad White or Allen Robinson again. I just need to flex for this week. Rashad White, if Fournette gets hurt, he's all. And let's say he missed extended time, there might be chances that you use him. Um, or even if he just never, never the running be- backs do. Yeah, even if he just continues to be ineffective, also okay. because Rashad White hasn't been. So, yeah, we're all Ayuk this week for your flex spot, and um, we're all not making that trade. And then, yeah, like again, if you want to move off those guys and get better with a better player, I would, I would aim higher than Ayuk. Yeah, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin's looked pretty decent here lately. Yeah, um, McLaurin's not bad, asshole. Yeah. Yeah, Adrian, you can ask you can ask whatever question, man, you want. Yep. We're just running through the we're just running through some Division, NFL stuff in the divisions. Filling airspace. We're about to get into preview soon, so you may have you, you you may have some of your questions answered there too. Shoot it, Adrian. He hasn't asked yet. We can keep going. Okay. We'll I'll keep stop going. you guys when he does. Yes. All right. It's not me when when we do. Yeah. We we're looking yep. at Rest of season for Niners versus Seahawks and the Niners schedule rest of season, which also fits that trade question pretty well. They got the Cardinals then they get the Saints, which man, defense, we'll see. Um, Dolphins, you have been known to give up some points. Tough matchup against the Bucs. They play the Seahawks. Then they got the Commanders. Hell of a front seven. Um, Or really just a D-line. Raiders and the Cardinals again. Niners have an easy schedule rest away. Relatively. That that Dolphins matchup is tough. We know that the Commanders and Seahawks can probably be pesky, but they're both winnable games. Uh, Bucks matchup is going to be tough. They're also a team too that I mean they're they're riding and dying with you know with Garoppolo. I mean the running game sets the tone, but if Garoppolo is making mistakes, which he's obviously been been known to do, they could mm-hmm. lose games against the Cardinals. They can lose games against the Dolphins and Bucks. Seattle, you know, commanders, obviously they should always beat the Raiders, but you know, they have, you know, both their games left against the Cardinals. Again, as you mentioned, Seahawks this game, I mean, this game right now, it's almost a must win for them. If they want to keep their hopes up there. Well, Seahawks right now have an easy schedule too. Yeah. All right. We got, we got, we got our questions. Sure. All right. 
So Adrian has cup. I'm just going to read it kind of out loud, quiet, out loud to myself, and then I'll kind of piece together the question here. Uh, so I have Cup, Rondell, Rondell Moore, Sutton, Boyd, Cooper, Smith, running backs. He has Chubb, Swift, Pierce, and Walker. So obviously good running backs. Everyone's got strong running backs that, that jump into our chat. So that's fun. I can run one flex, so I'm running through running back right now since losing. So he, so he kind of knows. He kind of wants to know what to do with his roster. He lost Cooper Cup. What were the backs again? It was Chubb, Pierce, Walker, and who? And and Swift. Swift. Yeah, he can start. It looks like he can start two running backs, probably two receivers, and one flex. Um, he can run one flex. He mentions. So, so he's, he's running gonna, three running backs. So he's probably gonna always. So flex. this is a scenario of do you trade? a back and maybe one of those receivers to upgrade and try to fill in the loss of cup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you I lose going, you lose a significant uh, part of your receiving core because Sutton hasn't fired off. Amari Cooper. We know who he is. Devonta Smith is a nice or, two. Rondale's probably going to be hurt when with Brown working his way back too. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, you can, you don't Cooper helps to insulate that. You don't have to make a trade. If it is start two wide receivers in in just flexing one running back along with playing two, you don't have to trade one of these backs because you have arguably between Chubb, Pierce, and Walker three top seven, top eight running backs. Maybe yes. Pierce falls in the top ten. And Swift, we know, is ceiling. If he, works his, if he works his way back to anywhere near his ceiling, then you're good there. Where I was actually going to go with this is... He says it's an eight-man league, too. Oh, play waivers. Yeah. You play unless, waivers. unless they're super deep rosters, what do you have on waivers? Who's your best available for wide receiver, waiver-wise? Let's yeah. see if we can help you out in that regard. Because from a trade perspective, you certainly could go with... Uh, and maybe try to get out of Rondale while his value's high paired with you know somebody like Swift which is more of a gamble that may or may not bounce back and try to get a return there um I you know I know Dan you're very opposed to trading running backs but you know if it's standard size with rosters in an eight-man league you got a better chance at if something happens you know you gotta upgrade you got a better heavy. chance at getting yeah at getting you're gonna have to upgrade off the waivers because of how probably how identical a lot of these teams can look in terms of upside and floor you got to aim obviously for higher ceiling to try to stand out so if I'm i mean you can you can pivot from swift and smith smith's coming off of a nice game monday night against washington if you want to upgrade swift to a more reliable running back or receiver because at this point it's, it's just you want to have high upside pieces no matter what position yeah, you right. want the best of the best of yeah. everything. Yeah, because I'm I'm guessing this isn't a heavy starting roster. So I'll give you this tidbit as well. It's the last three games with Matt Ryan, eleven targets, twelve targets, and nine targets, three touchdowns. In his last three games with Matt Ryan. Paris Campbell. So there's a little Paris Campbell tidbit too, if you're looking for somebody that um you know, maybe you don't have to go. I'd imagine that's a waiver pickup if it hasn't happened already in in an eight man league. He's asking he he mentioned maybe moving Pierce. At this point, you it's all you want. I mean, 
I like where his head's at because Swift has higher ceiling if he's healthy than if Pierce healthy. does. Yeah. Uh, Pierce is, you probably need, a, depending on when your deadline is, you probably need a, another explosive game because I think he's, I don't think he scored this past week, which is pretty much what you, the time to trade him because he doesn't get uh, targets and catches. Pierce? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing too is that he's got <laughs> a not easy matchup this week as well. Pierce does. So yeah. that value is not, yeah, that value is probably not jumping up. I mean, the commanders have a tough, tough front seven. If they neutralize, Philly's got one of the best running games in the league, and they pretty well neutralize that because they're really strong up the middle. So you're, so you got Pierce is going to run into another tough matchup. Looking at the rest of this, the Browns are, are tough up the middle. Um, Titans are a tough defense, just looking at rest of season. So, and there's some tough matchups there for Pierce. I'm okay with getting out of that. You know, do you have to? No. So who, who are some players you're targeting given the league structure? If you are trying to get out of that, who are some guys that you might be? <laughs> yeah. He's been, I don't want to, yeah. What? Did I miss something? No, I know. He, he, he's coming out with more stuff. He's yeah. list, like he listed the, the guys off waivers and it's, it's your, what you would expect. Obviously strong flex receiver options. Yeah. Um, like again, the I think it's easy to carry for, you. Yeah. It's easy to predict. This is why I don't, you don't need to trade unless no. you're getting a massive upgrade. Because you're right. gonna find replaceable wide receiver production on waivers, you can you can effectively rotate. Yeah, like, your, back, your backs are gonna carry you. Yeah, and that's that's the strength it. of your team. Yeah, and, and that's what I would do if you want to aim for a Diggs, you want to aim for a, a Justin Jefferson. If you want to try to buy low on Jamar Chase as he's coming back from his injury, fine. You know, Devonte Adams, but good luck right now. And same with Jefferson. It's just. If you can't make that upgrade, I wouldn't make the trade because you're just you're, you're not going to get, you know, you know, much replacement production from the guys in waivers. It's not going to be that much lower. You can throw AJ Brown in there too, I guess, but that'd be about it. Yeah, Waddle. I guess Waddle and Hill, but again, it's it's guys that are more achievable Waddle, in terms uh, of what you can have. And Waddle would be I, I wouldn't gut my running back roster to upgrade at receiver. It's what I'm saying. You never no, would. You do that running back, and the next thing you know, you're down running backs. You know, you That's trade what, it for that wide receiver upgrade, every, so you're screwing yourself. It happens every fucking yeah. time. It's, yeah, why it's, it's, man, worth it. it's an eight-man league. You can go grab the cuff. Potentially. You still got to beat out I mean, You still got to beat out seven other teams grab a cuff, and, and we don't know the, the bench don't know size. Waiver still, or anything like that. But It's also I easier mean, to find wide receiver production in eight-man league than it is running back production. It's easier so, to find yep. a wide receiver production in any league. But Yeah, that's why I wouldn't. You know, trade. I wouldn't try to upgrade too much. You know, I wouldn't move off from a high end running back for high end receiver. All right, we got another question. That's why I want to, you know, keep things moving. Plus, our whole you know previews. Um, yeah. Edward wants to know: Is he crazy to think to start Pacheco over Swift? Yes. Uh, full point PPR. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do not start him. Do Swift all the way because Pacheco only has, I think, three receptions on the year. It's and, and they don't run the football. No, 
Well, they don't. he just, just went sixteen for eighty-two against Jacksonville, but still. But he had no uh, catches, no targets, no nothing. no targets, no catches, and that was you know. That's Jerry McKinnon's role. I mean, sixteen. I mean, yeah. sixteen carries might be the high you're going to get from a Chiefs running back this year. It's, right. You need hardcore efficiency, which he had nice efficiency, but then you're really even more touchdown dependent. It's but, but here's yeah, the thing, right? That's full PPR. That's eight points. Swift is at least getting some work down by the goal line. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. No, yeah. we're all yeah. on Swift. We're all on Swift. So and Jamal Williams is also banged up, right? Swift log is logging full practice. Is that right, Ryan? I think I read yes. that properly. Swift, yep. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. So yeah, it's Swift. Yeah, don't it's get Swift. cute. Don't overthink. Don't overthink that one. Yeah. All right. The Chiefs are so inconsistent at running back that you go chasing those points. That's you're gonna get. And we just got a no from Andy Reid saying he wants to try to get uh, Clyde more touches because he yeah, didn't so like it's a C- how many snaps so he got last week. So. It's, CH, it's a CH, it's CEH week now. Yeah, I, I yeah, no. They're no. taking turns. Good luck guessing <laughs> whose turn it is. Yeah. They're taking turns. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's wrap up this NFC. Sure. Um, yeah, I had Seattle scheduled pulled. Um, it's relatively easy. I think San Francisco gets it. So let's talk wild cards in the one seed. One seed is going to be between the Eagles and the Vikings. Who you got? I I, I am biased. Even with the game in hand, I, I like yeah. Minnesota's schedule to end the year, even though Philly's got the it's got the tiebreaker. Is that it? Um, let me look at Minnesota's schedule to end the year. Cowboys, yeah, Patriots, Jets, Lions, Colts. Good lord. Giants, Packers, Bears. Yeah, I like I like Minnesota's schedule in the year. Um, game it's, in hand. Game it, in hand. I I really think the Vikings can snag that one seed, and I Philly is going to be in dogfights for the last part of their schedule, and Minnesota's, you know, it's all they win. Our dogfights, dog <laughs> yeah, right? So that's all they win. Yeah. Minnesota's got what would appear to be much smoother sledding ahead of them. So I'll we go hope. Minnesota. I think we they hope. can pick up that game in hand. Yeah, I like Minnesota also. We hope. Wildcard will be a lot of fun though, between the East uh teams and then the, the two the two NFC Wests. Yeah, wildcard is gonna be a lot of fun. So I think that I I think a lot like with the AFC, you're gonna get two East teams in this. Um, I do think the Giants started the season strong enough to where they're going to get in. And, you know, I, I do think Dallas is going to get in. So that last spot, you're looking at coming down between the Niners, the Commanders, um, or the Seahawks, you know, Niners or Seahawks, whoever's not in it. And probably the Commanders, you do have the Packers, Falcons, Cardinals, all within striking distance of that. It's going to be, yeah, it's, I don't think Dallas falters. I think Dallas has got a strong nucleus of a team not to slip too much on the road. The Giants are just like the Jets, right? It, it's, you know, both, you know, both New Jersey teams that claim they're in New York are, are also the same, right? Not great offenses with very strong defenses that, that also win a lot of dogfights. But unlike Minnesota, it, it's, they don't have the offense to carry them in games against stronger opponents. So mm-hmm. they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to play flawlessly on defense against teams like Philly. They already lost at Dallas, so they they, they do have that game in hand. Already lost, and 
Seattle's in the same boat, but it's not. I mean, I trust them more on offense than I do, you know, the Giants team. But Giants are also seven and two. Like they should easily not say easily, but they have it. They should get in based on that strong start, even if they do fall a little bit down the stretch. And, but they I trip into it. I also wouldn't be shocked if you told me that they <laughs> they fucking lose out somehow. I'm just like, yeah, no, it's I think the Giants. They won't. I'm just saying. I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's the Giants. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Dabble's got that team going in such a let, good position. Let me put it this way. Because of the remaining schedule, if they do lose out, then it's Washington in that position, and you just flip-flop the two. And Washington looks strong, but it's hard. I mean, how long? I mean, how we've long? seen this story play out before, and they won a division at 6-10 and 10 just three years ago. Yeah. It's not, Washington's not going to make it. They're just going to be a nuisance to the rest of the NFC East. Teams. So do you think only one NFC East team gets in? No, I think it'll be two. I think it'll be New York and Dallas. And I think, as you mentioned, a long winded story to get back to the point that we t- talked about. It's between Seattle and the Niners. Well, actually, yeah, it see, should be both you, of them, right? You, you Maybe got, the Card- But yeah. here's the thing you got Seattle, the Niners, the Cardinals, the Falcons, um, Packers for now, all right there, too. So that last wild card spot's going to be fun amongst, amongst those teams. Arizona, I know you don't like Cliff, but. <laughs> You got Nuke back, you get Marquise Brown back, and all of a sudden that offense is healthy and you you know, their rest of the season schedule is not necessarily tough. Cardinals Cardinal or sorry, Niners Chargers, sure. Patriots Broncos, depending on if the Broncos turn around, a little tough one against the Bucks, and then Falcons Niners again. It's not easy, but it's not it's not what I would consider exceptionally difficult either, especially if that offense is at full strength. So I don't think the Cardinals will either. The like they're you know, just like the Chargers was, you know, when we talked about the AFC, they've only beaten bad teams. But they have a losing record, you know, compared to the Chargers who are five and four, and they're one and three in their division. Like they're a, their climb is Tough. massive. And they're gonna be competing with both Seattle and the Niners for not only that division, but probably for a while tiebreakers. Which are already behind the you know the eight ball on. And so. Seattle's got a much easier schedule down the stretch. They've got, you know, two games that I don't think they have a prayer in, and then a couple more they might split. But I mean, their next three is Raiders, Rams, Seahawks. Or sorry, sorry, they're not playing themselves. Raiders, Rams, Panthers. <laughs> I was about to say Rams will probably give them. I mean, it's also the card. Like I, I've not, I haven't been Cooper cup and no running game. And Matt, I haven't been impressed with the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, they should beat all. I'm talking, this is, this is the Seahawks, not the Cardinals. This is Seattle's remaining. Yeah. So they should win all. They should win those three. Yeah. Easily. But, and then, you know, (sighs) they'll probably lose the Niners and the Chiefs games. But yeah. then you split the last two, then the year they're in, they're the seventh seed. Yeah. If not the Sixers, yeah. So Seattle, yeah. who we yeah. thought was going to be in contention for the number one pick, I think is going to be the seventh seed in the AFC, in the NFC. Which thank God they have Denver's pick because they're not a playoff. Like yeah. I don't see them do much in the playoffs. This is not where you like you want like Seattle's hoping to win that division and can get a playoff game at all. Yep. And then probably lose to the Niners. You want it done. At home anyways. That's who they'll probably fucking play. Yeah. Derrick Henry ran one in too. So back is down by 10 in the fourth. Yeah. Watson also Watson also got another touchdown. All he does is catch touchdowns. Five touchdowns in six quarters. Two for 22 and two. Yeah, it's all he's doing. Like, who needs yardage, baby? He's like Gabe Davis, but not explosive. 
I mean, he is supposed it's to Gabe Davis without the yardage. It, it's he's Gabe Davis without <laughs> the quarterback to throw it deep to him. <laughs> My favorite, I never get yardage. I only get touchdown players. That player that was Joe Foria. And Bubba Franks. Old schooler. All right. Are we, are we going to the previews? You were gonna we're gonna go to a beer review and then we're Let's gonna go to beer. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Dan. Again, Polyander Oktoberfest. This is their Marzen. This is a Marzen. We've done a lot of them on this show. Um, again, it's just this, the the rich, sweet malt. You know, the amber color from it. Even though it's in a it's in a bottle, I can tell you what it is. It's it's one of the best Marzen style Oktoberfests you're gonna find in the world, and I think they're. They're distributed all throughout the United States. So, it, it, like, if you want to get a popular Oktoberfest, pick this over Sam Adams. 12 times out of 10. Touche. I will do that. Touche. Even, literally, even coming overseas and oxidizing during that trip, it's better. Yeah, it's um, it's so good. All right. I had a racemic red from Deep Sleep in... Quite honestly, this is a good beer. I, I'm impressed for the first thing that that I've had from them. So again, this is beer out of Washington, Missouri. Um, it's got some some. I mean, exactly what I would expect out of red. It's got some some caramel sweetness to it from the malt, but it's also got a toasty backbone and a bready backbone that supports that sweetness. Um, hop character is definitely there, which I expect out of an American red. Um, not. Anything flavor wise that I would knock this on, it's it's super drinkable, it's super enjoyable, especially for being a little cooler out. Um, you know, the the multi sweetness and caramel sweetness is definitely the dominant note, but I do think the graininess and the breadiness and it holds it up well. It's really well balanced red. It's exactly what I want to drink when I think about a red. Is something that has, you know, some sweetness to it, but it doesn't, you know, make your teeth hurt. And this is good job. Right. I had Sheboygan brewing a blueberry cream ale and I was quite surprised. I'm not going to lie. Like it was nothing that I expected. I expected it to be like a dessert beer that I wasn't going to like. Was it more tart? No, actually I like blueberry a lot, but that's all I tasted was a blueberry, but it wasn't like heavy blueberry. It was very thin. Like you could feel like, wrap around your tongue in a way like it just absorbed it i was like wow this is actually really good from beginning to end and it wasn't too heavy at all either like another thing i was thinking about probably like most other people have never had a cream ale will think that it's going to be something that's heavier because just by reading cream and it absolutely was not that at all very late beer definitely like you said like drinkable like a pilsner or a lager even with a little bit of more of a fruity flavor to it so I would definitely get this, do this one uh, again. Sweet. Does, does it say in the can if they use real fruit? It says uh, a light-bodied ale brewed with lactose, sugar, and fermented over blueberries. Uh, so oh, it's real, over real fermented. Fermented, okay. sorry. Not it's fermented, fermented on fermented. blueberries, and they threw lactose in it, so it should have. So you're right, Dan. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's dessert style, but it's probably dessert style, you know, done better in a way for uh, where it doesn't overly kill you on the you know on the sweetness side. And no, it's almost like refreshing in a way. Fermenting it's it over blue, for you, and it's because they fermented over blueberries, so it took a lot of yeah. those sugars out. Yep. And it's not it's demonstrating, and there's no puree or, or any other fake shit that's gonna really sweeten it up and right, yeah. or you're not, you know doing it post fermentation or, or anything like that. So all right, we got a quick question before we jump into previews real quick. Z Killer wants to know should I drop AJ Dillon for Najee Harris? Mm. Never thought I would reach this point that to, to say someone should pick up Najee Harris. If you say that I'm like, will you play in a six team league? <laughs> I'm sure there's I, uh, I mean I'm yes. sure there's I'm sure there's 10, 12 team leagues that have Najee in them. I mean, I really, I really have Harris. I really have Harris. I really have Harris and Dylan. Yeah, yeah. No, significantly less competition for touches for Harris, even though the offense is slightly worse. Yep. Yeah. He might not have found the end zone, but it's. (laughs) But neither is Dylan, so I didn't like Egan in the end zone. Right. All right. It's lateral with more upside. Let's put it that way. That's right. Let's get her into this. Panthers at the Ravens. Ravens are 13 point favorites at home. 41 and a half. Is the over under? It is Baker time as PJ Walker is dealing with a high ankle sprain. Uh, generally, at, at least a week or two, if not longer, because those can linger. And yeah. Again, I don't like double digit point spreads. Baltimore has struggled to put teams away at times this year. Especially early, especially during the middle part and later part here, their offense has not been as as potent. They do get back Gus Edwards, and hopefully Mark Andrews is is even healthier than what he's been the last few weeks. Um, I would stay away from this game. Uh, I would sh- don't bet it. Not the over, not the spread. Not a very fun DFS game with the low with the low game total either. No, no. Thankfully, <laughs> I would. You know, on paper, you would think this is a little bit more fun for fantasy, but really, it's it's kind of not. <laughs> um, Ravens are not giving up a ton to to backs first and foremost. So, you know, you're looking at probably some floor out of Foreman, and you know, if Chuba plays, there's going to be some receiving game involvement for him. So, it, it's you're not. I'm not looking at this one like this is going to be a a big. Deonta Foreman blow up week, basically. Um, Ravens are 18th in points allowed to the back in PPR, but 26th in points allowed to the back in standard scoring, which kind of going to give you an idea how you expect Foreman to do. That's that's not great. 26 means that you know they're top five in the league in yep. run defense up the middle. So yeah, not good there. Um you might want to highlight DJ Moore against the secondary. Problem is Baker Mayfield. Um, DJ Moore in the early going saw only six targets, capped at 43 yards, one touchdown. Um, the matchup's good, but the quarterback situation is, you know, probably less profitable than what PJ Walker do- did for him at least a couple weeks. And then it got bad again. So I guess it can't get any worse for DJ Moore. It is a good matchup. Um, <laughs> theoretically, it is an upgrade in the passing game. Baker's just got to look his way. Um, other than that, really, I think that 
if you need a fill in, Terrace Marshall might not be a bad, a bad go this week. Um, again, the matchup says that it should be. We know that that Baker looked more at Robbie Anderson those first couple weeks, and Anderson's out of town now. So, um, just that would be the guy that fills that role. Don't really love any of it, but just some some food for thought is that you need to fade Foreman a little bit. You do have a plus matchup if you're looking at any of the wide receivers, but there are also some some serious red flags there. The Ravens side of this does get a little bit better. Um, the Panthers are giving up the six most points to backs and PPR. It's good news for Kenyon Drake. Well, also Gus back, so. Yeah, it's good news for somebody. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's good for the RBs of the team. It might be, it, hell, it, it could be both, honestly. It could be both. And Lamar, too. Yeah. It you very easily could be both. Drake was being good. I don't see him getting totally phased out. We've seen them. We've seen Baltimore go with more than one back. So, yeah. um, you know, the other side of this, Duvernay, you can't really lock that in and trust that. That's more of a YOLO play. Um, Andrews should be back this week, and you're totally, you're not sitting Mark Andrews. So, no. Or Lamar. Brian, and that's all oh. I got. Yeah, DFS, I'm actually looking at the Ravens DST at 4,000. Just because they've been getting sacks, I mean, they've had at least four that's sacks. The highest, is that one of the highest? How high in price is compared to the rest? That feels pretty high for a defense. They're 4,000. Yeah, they are the highest. Yeah. But it makes sense why they're also the highest. Yeah. Do you get, do you get Baker, who takes a lot of sacks and, exactly. of, and it commits a lot of turnovers. So, yeah, I mean, they've had at least four sacks in three of their last four games. And they've had no less, and they've only had less than three sacks twice all season long. So I'd be looking for them to sack the crap out of Baker Mayfield this week. That's yeah. probably, yeah, that makes sense why they're the top defense. So if you're going to spin up on defense, that's the one you kind of want. I agree. All right. Keep her e- moving. Eagles at the Colts. Eagles are six and a half point favorites on the road. 45 and a half is the game total. We didn't know who was quarterback. We don't really know what the Colts' decisions are ever really with with the Jeff Saturday era, I suppose. But Matt Ryan just won him a game. They yeah. don't see it going away from. I that. don't see that going away. Philly should be able to cover this. Um, you know this touchdown uh, favorite in which they got at seven or six and a half here. So take Philly over on our stay away from. I, I I think it's set perfectly, and I can't really give you an edge of where I think they're going to land. Okay, going the other way with this. Um, for the Colts, let's let's start there. Jonathan Taylor, obviously, don't not looking at Matt Ryan as a stream. What I am looking at are the wide receivers. Paris Campbell continues to get work, and uh, former teammate Terry McLaurin, who plays in a very similar fashion, just had a really really good game. So, like, there's somebody I go kind of all in on in the wide receiver three with upside range every week. Last week it was DPJ. We'll have more on him later because now that they're playing at Ford Field, that's also a good one. Paris Campbell's a guy that I'm on. He's been trending up. Mentioned earlier in the show, the last three games with Ryan, the target volume has been there. He's also caught three touchdowns. So I love Paris Campbell this week. I also think you're going to be fine with, with Pittman, although the Eagles aren't giving up a ton. Um, 
It's a floor play. Let's put it that way. Eagles side of the football. Um, I don't think you're going to get a, a repeat of, you know, the run game kind of getting, be having a mad day. So yeah, Miles Sanders has been quietly pretty good this season. Um, you're not going away from that. AJ Brown did have a rough game. He did come up uh, limping early in that game. So expect a little bit of a rebound from him. Uh, yeah, just one reception for seven yards last week. That's an anomaly. So expect a little bit of a rebound from him. Um, even Devonta Smith is a is a fringe too, or a fringe flex, I guess. Um, the other thing to note here that we didn't talk about in the intro is Dallas Goddard. Shit, yeah, that's a that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Big one. Here. Whoops, on IR. Yeah, that's that's a big one too. Goddard going to IR after a a tackle by face mask. So you know. Whenever there's an injury, there's a an opportunity that opens up for for somebody that is going to free up some target volume for either uh, Quez Watkins or you look at the backup. It's Jack Stoll, who's the backup there, twenty one college free agent. So maybe a little more running back off the backfield, a little more Tyree Jackson, maybe potential Tyree. It's more athletic option. Um. Maybe a little more work that it's just up with the backs too. I would pay attention to that for your waiver wire next week since we don't do a show before that more than I would run to start anybody. But I would pay attention to that in is the yeah. waiver train. As you're looking for ways to gain an edge, the two tight end injuries, the former Philly teammates and Ertz and Goddard give you a couple situations to watch to potentially find a, a differentiator. So if you are looking at a preemptive pickup while people are free, uh, Jack Stoll was the one on the field last week after Goddard went down late. And then for DFS, man, Paris Campbell, $4,300. Yeah. Wow. Give me that. Right. Especially especially when Slay is going to be shadowing Pittman. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I love that. Love, love that. That's that's going on. I'm in love with this week on that, on that line. All right. Jets at the Patriots. Patriots, three and a half point favorites at home. 38 and a half. It's the game total. Uh, both teams are five and one against the spread the past six weeks, both on great streaks. Uh, this game, uh, a Patriots covered this game two weeks ago. It's three point favorites on the road. Um, I expect the same. I like I like what the Jets have been doing. This is this is an ugly game. So I do like the Patriots to cover at home. Win this game, and uh, you could probably bet the over. I think they can kind of etch into that. Last time they played, thirty nine. Uh, game total took a couple uh, late Zach Wilson plays to get them there, but take the Patriots in the over. That's all I got. This game should go quick. This game is gonna be a uh, if you like defensive matchups because this game is offensively gonna be pretty pretty ugly. Um. I you can't sit Ramondre Stevenson right now, so that's really the only player in this game I feel remotely comfortable with. The Jets and the Patriots are are both um near the bottom of the league in fantasy points allowed to wide receiver. The Patriots are the most stingy running back defense for fantasy. Um, so not good news for a Jets team that doesn't have Brees Hall. Um, 
this is one that is going to be defensive and, you know, outside of Stevenson, I'm fading pretty well everything. You know, Wilson's been Garrett. Wilson has been decent, but again, Patriots not not allowing a ton to the wide receiver position. So that that you get one wide receiver and one running back for this game that you can even feel a little bit comfortable with. But overall, this is not a recipe for boom. This game is pretty ugly from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, this game may be ugly, but for uh, DFS, I'm going back to Jacoby Myers. Last time these two teams met. Myers had 13 targets, finishing with nine receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. Good for 21 points. And now he was 5,600 at that time. And now at 5,500, throwing it back in the lineup again because he, he's the true wide receiver one here on this team. Myers? Yeah. 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 You're going to get um, you're going to get Sauce probably on, on Parker or Bourne on the outside. So it's Myers exclusively plays in the slide. So I do like that call. And even a sneaky, a sneaky play too is Garrett Wilson, 4,900. Because he last time he had set, he went uh six for one fifteen, so he's game script proof. Yeah, essentially, he's the only guy that uh, only guy that is. He's the only guy that Wilson likes so has he has eyes for. Yeah, those are the two. Those are the two players I'm willing to play this week on between this slate. Like it. All right, Commanders at. Oops, sorry, go ahead, Hopper. I was just gonna say that's an ugly slate. Yeah, Commanders at the Texans. Commanders three point. Favorites on the road. 40 and a half is the game total. Washington is riding a five game cover streak. More so, you know, 4 0 and 1 with a a push against Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Uh, they tend to uh keep games close, potentially kind of play down to who they're playing against. Um, no real big wins outside of their game against Philly, but divisional matchups can kind of get wonky. So I'll take Washington to cover the three in the game to go under. I I I don't know how Houston scores points. I'm surprised this isn't the lowest the this isn't the lowest game total, to be honest. Big up the middle running backs torch the Texans. <laughs> the, the commanders have one of those. Fuck, they have two of them. Yeah, they, two of them. They just use one in that way. They only <laughs> over and over and over one again. That over way, yeah, yeah, it's so ugly. Times, yeah, yeah, so this is a Brian Robinson upside. You you may get the biggest game of his season here. Um, and you're totally fine with Gibson and McLaurin. I don't see how you said, look, Houston is not giving up a ton to receivers because teams don't have to throw a ton against them. But, you know. Like Dan just said, Washington tends to play down. The game script stays neutral. You're totally fine with Terry McLaurin. Do not do anything on the Houston side of this. Washington is very, very stingy against the run. You have no PPR upside with Damian Pierce. And uh, this is a really tough interior line. <laughs> You're looking floor on Damian, Damian Pierce this week. It's going to be ugly, huh? I think it's going to be. Pretty, pretty ugly. Yeah, this. I'm um, surprised this isn't. Uh, this he has isn't no touchdowns. Game total. Plus, he, he has no touchdown upside. He has the carry upside, but he hasn't been getting any of the touchdowns. Who? Yeah. Damian Pierce. Yeah, it's a big play because they don't get in the fucking red zone because their offense is garbage. Right. Like, like the only way he scores is if he, if he, if he, you know, runs a big play in. And James Robinson had to do it with, with touchdowns. DeAndre Swift caught a receiving touchdown. Um, that's the only way teams have scored points against Washington is is receiving touchdowns. 
or backs have scored points against Washington as receiving touchdowns. I, mean, I think Pierce is going to have a lot of going to have a lot of carries. Washington doesn't pull away from teams, so neutral game script throughout the game for both teams. Right? Should be it should be a good running game, probably lower on the passing end as both quarterbacks aren't very good. I think he's going to have a lot of carries. The only hundred yard rusher they've gave up the they've gave. Oh no no I, I agree yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> not, it's it's Najee Harris right it's gonna be Najee Harris this week style. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly 22 it. carries for 65 yards. Yeah, they've had one 100 <laughs> yard rusher, and it was against Derrick Henry, and it took him 28 carries to get there. Oh my god, yeah. The only way Pierce gets 200 is if he, if for some reason, there's a gaping hole. Yeah, <laughs> Naeem Hines had a rushing touchdown against him, I guess, but I mean, like what Ryan just said, they struggle to get down into a position to score, so. Um, you got to score touchdowns against them for for your back to be valuable. Is what I'm looking at the game box scores right now. Um, that's the only way you're doing it. Yeah. Or you just basically have Najee Harris all over again, where you get like 20 carries for 85 yards. I don't think he's getting 85 yards. I don't think he's averaging four yards per carry. And it's 22 for 58 and no touchdowns. It's a yeah. total floor game. All right. Anything else in DFS, Ryan? I was just looking at Nico Collins just because he had 10 targets last week. It kind of grabbed my attention on that one. Even though he was only able to finish with five receptions for 49 yards and a touchdown. But it's almost like <laughs> he got the, handing touchdown. The, the handing off of the torch, you know, from Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins could be in process right now. So I mean, 4100 bucks as a dart throw, why not? It does the torch. I mean, I guess you you can hand off the torch, sure, but doesn't mean you're carrying it. No, he he lost his captain patch now, so he's pissed. Oh, he he's shouldn't be on this team before. anyway. So. He shouldn't be on this team anyway. He's too right, good no. for them. All right, let's oh, move way on. too good. Move on. All right, Rams at the Saints. Three point favorites. The Saints are at home. Thirty eight and a half. It's the game total. Don't do anything. Just erase this game from existence. Um, trying to figure out who the Rams are post cup injury is going to be nauseating to figure out. And Andy Dalton, it's the the offense of 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 output has taken a steep turn south, and uh, things will not shock me at all if he gets benched again for if he gets benched for Janus. Winston. He should. Um, yeah. So I, I I if anything you can bet to yonder if you like to. I don't I don't trust either offense to put up some production. Both both defenses are are, are at least medium or better against both sides or against both facets of the offense. So that's that. This game is ugly. <laughs> Trying to figure out who the Rams are in a post Cooper cup area. Isn't era Isn't going to be fun. We joke about Ben Skoranek. I'm not running after that. And against the saints, Allen Robinson. Um, yeah, there's, there's some worlds where you can play. And we talked about, you know what those situations are earlier on in the show is right around that IU tier. You consider him a wide receiver three with a little bit of upside this week, I think. Um, your biggest beneficiary, honestly, I think from this might be Tyler Higby. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> he had, also has to catch the football when he gets it thrown to him. And he was eight for eight, eight for eight for 73 yards last week. He caught them all. No, that's that's it's honestly shocking to me. That uh, it he is. got all of his targets because he's not very good at catching the football. First useful game in three weeks, four weeks. So, you know, but I do think that Higby probably could be the biggest beneficiary of no cop. 
Um, we saw him heavily targeted earlier, and then there was kind of a shift off of that, probably because the Rams weren't scoring points. They're still not scoring points, though. Somebody's got to catch footballs. I'm kind of looking Higby for that. Um, I don't want anything else from the Rams. We don't know what that running game is other than crap right now. Um, you know, I'm not chasing any of the secondary receiving options in Skoranek or Van Jefferson or any of the guys that, you know, have had the opportunity to step up and do something before and haven't done it. Um, Robinson's a proven commodity. He's a three with a little bit of upside in Higby. Saints side of this. Um, Dan, as you just mentioned, offensive downturn. Biggest guy to suffer from that offensive downturn is Chris Olave. He had a really, really good four-week stretch in there. Um, actually, a pretty good five-week stretch in there. But over the last three weeks, no touchdowns, hasn't hit double-digit targets, um, and 71 yards is a high-water mark. So you're still fine with him for – he's probably a two with upside just – want to throw that caveat out there of the upside that you know we considered a breakout earlier in the year that made him a must start that's evaporated the last three weeks he's still in um you know okay territory from a reception standpoint in ppr but just just be wary about that in half ppr or or if you somehow still plan a standard scoring league um and then yeah camara Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings, yeah. Tight end Jennings. I actually picked him up and have to start him somewhere. <laughs> so he's yeah, going to be the Oh, no, Juwan Johnson, not Jennings. Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. Johnson. I'm sorry, Juwan Johnson. Juwan Jennings is the uh, wide receiver for some yeah. fucking team right now. I think it's uh, San Francisco. I think I have him. Yes, yes. Yeah, San Fran. Juwan Johnson. Juwan something. Juwan something. He's a tight end eight. God, it's so <laughs> tight ends is so bad. I love it. He's got uh, four touchdowns in the season. I know. Ryan DFS calls three of them. Juan Johnson, man. $3,100 over Tyler Higby, who's at 4000 So you just lost Goddard. Just yeah. lost Goddard. You might as well. And, and the point is, like, we've been talking about Ben Skoranek and making fun of it. But he actually led the team in targets last week with seven. Higby had eight. Did he have eight? Yeah, I just looked at it. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't ooh, know. Favorite. Awkward. So he led the rec- wide receivers. He led the wide receivers. receivers. <laughs> yeah, I literally just, catchers. I, I love- literally <laughs> just talked about Higby having eight targets. Ryan clearly wasn't paying attention. It's, it's Dan even all said. Know. Dan even said he's got to catch something, and I said he just went eight for eight. I'm so yeah, shocked. I'm so my I remember so now from that. It's kicking in. Whoops. It's it's my fine. Bad. This game this game doesn't fucking matter. That's that's probably yeah. why the next game does though. But well, it depends on what you're going by for next game, right? Uh, this going... next this next game would not matter right. as much. Uh, I I have Lions at the Giants, Giants yeah. three point favorites at home. Forty four and a half is the game total. Vegas just doesn't love to give Giants bigger spreads against teams they should beat by more than three points. Um. I'm just gonna go. No, I I don't because it's they're also been very weird. Giants are also five and one in the past six weeks against the spread, and Detroit is in this kind of spiral of they can score a bunch of points against bad defenses, and then they're a shell of their offense, they're a shell of themselves against a good one. Giants have a good enough defense. Giants at home, 
minus three and the under. I wouldn't be sh- I'd be shocked if Detroit even gets the 20 points this week. I won't be shocked, but Detroit's a fun offense, though. They're fun offense against defenses like Miami and Minnesota and Chicago. Against New England, no points. Against Dallas, yeah. six points. Against Green Bay, they got 15 and won People the game. People were banged up. <laughs> Hater. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm all for offensive fun. It's it, you know, you know, it's for the good at scoring points. But if anyone's still listening and they're taking betting advice on this game, and for some reason they're listening to me, Giants in the under. Uh, <laughs> you know, last three games, Giants have had a 15 plus point receiver. That's a Monterey St. Brown, or sorry, allowed a 15 plus point okay. PPR receiver. It's a Monterey St. Brown this week. Is what I'm going with. That's the story I'm telling myself. Uh, the story I'm also telling myself and you guys is that DeAndre Swift is going to return to more of a normal workload. God, I hope so. He's practicing in full, and they're going to need it. Um, that all goes without saying. On the Giants' side, I don't know how they score points. I have no idea how they win games because I have no idea how they score points. So, Saquon Barkley? Question mark? I mean, how... I mean, yes, you're playing him. How He's are the number Giants? one running back right now? Darius Slayton was three for ninety-five and one last week. Like, oh, he had that fifty-four-yard touchdown. Who leads the Giants in targets offhand? Y'all know? Uh, no, I don't. Is it Daniel? Uh, is it Barkley? Probably it's, Barkley. Is it? it's Barkley by 12. Yeah. And then receiver wise, it's Darius Slayton with 28. And then Richie. James 28. Six. Yeah. Wow. 28. 28. Why would you ever play a Giants receiver? And then Richie James with 26. So the answer is Barkley. And then Sterling Shepard with 24. So it's Barkley. The answer is Barkley. It. And that's it. Maybe it's Daniel Jones. That's a Daniel Jones. Is, Daniel Jones is a good strength. Yes. We just saw what, what Justin Fields did with those legs. Daniel Jones is a great stream this week. He won't be throwing the football, but there is some rushing. But damn it, he can run, and he will be running. Oh, that's what you plan for. He yeah. still play the Lions defense in this because he takes a lot of sacks, and he's turnover prone. Actually, he hasn't had a turnover in a while, though. He's been pretty good with the turnover. Has he been pretty year. good? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I said Dan, that earlier. Danny Fumbles hasn't been bad. Well, we said it when we looked at those surprising stats a couple weeks ago. That's we brought that right. up. Yeah. I forgot. I just it's Daniel Jones and surprisingly not bad at turning the football over. It just it it was, hasn't it, compute. That's that's why it was a surprising stat. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't compute. So he also fumbled week six, but he hasn't thrown an interception since week three. Well, it's because so, he doesn't we just covered that. He they don't let throw. him throw. <laughs> yeah. Dom was like, I'm not gonna fix him, so I'm just not gonna have him. When throw. everything's a check down to Saquon Barkley. Yeah, to throw t- picks when there's no defenders there. That's right. Their guys are trending, right? The leading target getter on that team is trending for 70. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, uh, DFS plays, Ryan. Nope. We're good. All right. <laughs> Love it. Bears at the Falcons. Falcons. Yay. This this could be fun. Uh, Falcons, three point favorites at home, 49 and a half is the game total. This game's going to uh, be fun. Just take the over. Um, so still a lot of points to get there, but the Bears' offense have been one of the highest scoring teams since their eyes rest on fields. 
and Atlanta, when given an opportunity to to uh, keep pace against bad defenses, can definitely can definitely rise to the occasion there. Um, I I I I'm not gonna fuck with the spread because I have no clue who wins this game, but I will take the over and just hopefully enjoy the fireworks. Yeah, I'm oh. with you. Um. You're obviously playing Justin Field. You can stream Marcus Mariota this week. I think those are both really solid options. Um, I don't know what you do at receiver in this game, honestly. Cole Komet. That's probably it. The last couple weeks and that. Maybe Mooney is a low end because he's running the most routes of all. Mooney is a low end and then probably Kyle Pitts because he's still getting targets at least at the tight end. Like you're playing Kyle Pitts, obviously. I mean, if we're gonna tell this, if I'm gonna tell this game going over, that means there's got to be points to be scored. It's not all gonna be from the quarterbacks running the football. So no, I mean, well, David Montgomery has a backfield to himself again, so that's good. I also didn't mention that. Uh, yeah, Phil Herbert, Herbert going to IR. Herbert IR. We missed a lot of news because we didn't actually read it. We just went from memory. That's fine. It's, it's <laughs> so, whatever. I mean, again, we can cover oops. this stuff and. In game previews too. Yeah. Hey, you looked in your sleeper app and you saw IR next to Khalil because you're not playing on sleeper. You're wrong. You saw IR next to Khalil Herbert and uh, you knew he was on IR. So congratulations. You didn't Shocking. need us to tell you that. Yeah, yeah. A little indicator. ESPN has it too. I don't know about Yahoo. They're still probably trying to figure out how to implement that. But ugh. um, Pitts is getting targets and London's getting targets. So if you believe this game is going to go over, then you're starting both of them. Those are the only two guys on the Falcons that are getting targets. But if you believe this game is going to go over, play them both. Cordero Patterson is really what's going to happen, though, because you can run against the Bears. Until Arthur Smith decides to not give him any carries or touches. or they, Yeah, and they just split it between all three of them. That's why oh, this is dangerous. God, I hate him. You have upside <laughs> on the Falcons, but you got to be able to take the floor uh, risk. you got upside in all three of the people you'd expect there to be upside in, but the floor is non-existent. So you got to be willing to take that risk. It's literally the quarterbacks only, and maybe Montgomery are the only, like, no. cons- well, but I guess Komet with the rise of the offense increasing with is, fields, but touchdown wise, he's got he's yeah, yeah, he's got five touchdowns in three weeks. It's also a tight end. I mean, that's pretty much what we bank Actually, on if it's not a his, volume tight end. His receiving work's gone up the last three weeks too. They figured something out here, and it's Cole Komet. They're literally modeling the. Baltimore offense and Cole Komet the last three weeks, his targets have gone two, six, and seven. His yardage has been 11, 41, and 74 over that touchdown stretch. So it's Chase, that's it's Chase all Clay, trending up. It's uh, Chase Claypool actually stepping in, into a role that allows everyone to get into their right role. Yes. So there DFS, you go. Ryan, any, there's, there's got to be some in this game, right? I feel like. Uh, I mean, yeah, like you like Marcus Mariota for the rushing upside is 5,500. How much is Fields now, given his insane performances the last five weeks? He, he's moved up. He's way up. He's up to 7,600 now. So he's more than. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he's he a from, running back. In fact, he went, from, he went for, over the last three weeks, he went from 5,300 to 6,500 to 7,600 now. He's probably still so, too low. Well, I was freaking, I was writing him up in like my article all the time when he was in the 5,000s. And then once he jumped, I'm like, nope, I'm done with him. You can run naked. I mean, yeah. you're, like, you're the bargain bin guy. Yeah. You I mean, I still like Darnell naked. Mooney. Darnell Mooney, because uh, if AJ Terrell is still out, that would be huge for Mooney. 
But Terrell, wouldn't he be on Claypool if you it's to play though? I think he'd be more on Mooney. I think you'd probably play Claypool. I mean, I'm not not sure. I think Terrell is a big shadow too, so I'm not. I mean, I would expect a bigger outside guy. Mm-hmm. Either way, I agree with Mooney regardless because yeah, Claypool's not a bad value either. He's at forty eight hundred. Also, got to run more. He got to run more routes. And Kyle right. Pitch just keeps falling. He's at forty four hundred. Fuck you, Arthur Smith. <laughs> All right, Browns at the Bills. Bills are eight point eight and a half point favorites at the neutral Ford Dome. Forty nine and a half is the game total. Um, these are probably the numbers that would have been there had there been no weather issues in Buffalo. So I I don't see much to change at this point if they haven't already changed, you know, since the announcement this afternoon. I'm taking Buffalo to cover. Like they gotta get their shit right and the fact that we've gotten kind of three weeks of kind of play from them, I, I'll take the, uh, I'll take kind of the, the potential gift here. Buffalo the cover, and I, and then I'm not rolling with the, uh, with the over under. I just the Browns offense just, I, I don't trust the scoring in this. If it's not Chubb, then I don't trust the passing game. Yeah, I don't trust anything to have a, a lot of upside. So you take what you know with the Browns passing game and with what you know what the Bills have been been doing here really. And I you know, I do think it is a good week to play Cooper and DPJ. Um just even in PP with just PPR from a yardage plus receptions perspective, I think that they both have good floor. Um there's gonna be some points in this one. You move it inside the to Detroit, it's got a completely different feel to it than what it would have if it was played at Buffalo. You know, obviously Chubb's going to be the heart of your scoring, but you know, the Browns haven't been a, a fantasy wasteland. You've gotten some, you know, you've gotten good performances out of DPJ. You haven't gotten the blow up yet from him, but you've gotten good floor. Um, and, you know, Cooper's thrown up some big weeks. Uh, Bill's side of this, obviously digs i think this is a good singletary game still um he really hasn't been hurt that much yet by the arrival on im hines um and you know gabe davis as always is kind of an enigma right you can play for upside but you got to take the floor with it and that goes back and forth i think inside against the browns he's probably gonna catch one or two of those big balls I still like D- D- uh, DPJ a lot. I like, like DPJ. Said, Hopper. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't have the touchdown upside, but he's, he's been getting that, those yardage and everything. But I'd still start on both him and Cooper, even though Cooper's been really bad. I'm not considering he's, anytime he's been on the road this year, he sucks compared to when he's at home. But this is a new, like a neutral That's zone. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you never look at that? If you look I, at his I, uh, game log, his stats for, from home and aware are totally different. Yeah, I do see that. So I think with this one being still a neutral zone, I still wouldn't mind playing 6,400. But I still I like DPJ. I wouldn't play Cooper at 64. This got to be better. It's, it's Buffalo secondary. I'm not I'm not too worried about Buffalo secondary. No, nah, it's more so. I mean, DPJ, what you've gotten out of him is just an insane amount of consistency. Right. Over the last... 
really, targeted Cooper this past week, didn't he? Over, yeah, and over the last six weeks, even on low target volume because of the way he's used downfield. I mean, his floor's been 50 yards. 50 yards on four receptions, seven targets. I mean, his floor's been nine points. The ceiling just because touchdowns haven't been there. Not yet. Not yet. We're getting there. Soon enough. Upgrade a quarterback eventually. Yes. All right. Anything else, Ryan? David Njoku, 3,900. He's back under 4,000 again. Bringing him back, baby. He's he's finally healthy. He's finally healthy. Yeah. Pumped. We need it. We we lose Goddard. At least we gain Njoku back. Yes, please. Raiders at the Broncos. Broncos, two and a half point favorites. 41 and a half is the game total. Both these teams suck. Both these teams suck against the spread. And both these teams, we never fucking know who they are. They're in the Raiders' current three-game losing streak. They've been favored in all three games and lost in all three games. Uh, can't trust Denver's offense. Punt this game. Just don't fucking play it. If you're going to play anything, if you have to play, lean Denver to cover at home at minus two and a half. So I just got offered something interesting. Oh, yeah? Would you send what figures to be a high second round pick? Let me make sure that's true. I'm playing this person this week. Yeah, moderately high second round pick, kind of in the so mid to high, mid to high second round pick for Rashad White. If you're a rebuilding team, you'd be sending the. The second round, or I would be sending the second round for Rashad White. It's a team that has Watson and London, so Watson, London, Dobbins. So there are some pieces here to start a rebuild around. Um, I'm not giving up a first rounder, or am I going the other way? Hold on, I might be reading this backwards. Sleeper is confusing. It shows no, who you're. Sh- I'd be sending Rashad White out for a second. Yeah, it shows. I mean, <laughs> do you have White on your roster? I guess. That's yes, the I do. Yeah. Sorry, I'd be sending White out for a second. So here's Again, the thing. moderately high second rebuilding team. So Fournette is Fournette's still under contract after this year, but not knowing what's going to happen with Brady, who knows? If Brady does retire or leave. Fournette probably goes, or he gets cut. White gets the backfield to himself, but massive downgrade a quarterback, massive downgrade an offensive output potential. 23 years old. I I I think I would. You don't have to make the move now. Right? Like you right. can make you can is it this is in dynasty, so I mean There's I, a I don't have a trade deadline in this dynasty league. Yeah, but I'm sure when it opens back up at the end of the playoffs, right? Yeah, but you can't guarantee that that deal is going to be there at the end of the playoffs either. Well, sure, but it could, it could increase or not. I I I would probably lean the pick. As much as I love White, I, I his situation is dire and he's not young. I'm going to go ahead and accept that because I think you're right. And the other thing that, that does too is on a rebuilding team, I want to move back up into the first. It's going to give me three second rounders as capital to play with. 
in that rookie draft. Yeah. To try to move around. I don't have a lot of pieces that I can flip for. Oh, I know. Rounders, so. <laughs> I just got the notification. You know what league this is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know until I'd see the update from Sleeper saying a trade's been accepted. Yeah. That's funny. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'll you're in it. this league with me. Oh, you got her pick. Okay. Yeah. That's a good pick. Her pick will be. I, I have her first rounder. Okay. Yeah. That, and she so. is trending backwards. So. Yeah, so I've got kind of. Yeah, so I got the second. Um, now the weird thing is, is I almost want to because I'm pretty clearly in the first round for uh, the 101. I almost want to beat her this week and make that pick better for myself. I mean, I want you to beat her this week. That makes her first round pick that I have better. Yeah, so it's a win-win for both you guys. I have a team that is in the playoff contention. I have right now two top four picks in the twenty, plus my own first. Well, right now I'm sitting 50-50 and I have Christian Watson starting on that team. So I'm looking at, you know, Benjamin Robinson and Shroud Young or both Shroud and Young because I don't have any quarterbacks. Yeah. In any event, having three second rounders does give me some some capital to move around a little bit. The deadline is this. Is deadline this week in that league? Yep. I think it is. It, it, anyways. Anyway, sorry for the derail. It was just intriguing to me. Really both ways. And if I can look at I guess that's the other thing too. I read it wrong first. Cause look, I'm in nine, ten leagues. I don't remember who's on every roster. Yeah. My memory just isn't that good. Um, I read it wrong at first. And I guess if I can read that both ways and feel good about the trade, then you know. <laughs> oh, I need help. Perfect. All right. Do we get into I'd say that the game. You haven't talked about the fantasy. In, about what in Raiders Broncos fantasy? Oh, that's, okay, that's what we're on. Uh, it's hard to say Josh Jacobs, but at the same time, tough, tough matchup this week against the Broncos defense. Um, you can't sit Devontae Adams, so the Raiders are pretty well a chalk team. Uh, Broncos Jerry Judy's not healthy, Cortland Sutton hasn't popped off, Greg Dolchich was a mess. You've got a three headed team of running backs. Problem is, this is a really good matchup. Judy's still not practicing, so it's not looking good for him to play. You can go back to Sutton. If to borrow a line from Dan here, if you're not going to start him now, then win. If he's not going to pop off now, then win. Um, you know, you've got no Judy, and it's a good matchup. And honestly, you can stream Russ this week. I Dolchich. Me. <laughs> I don't know. The Broncos, that running game, too, it has no clarity to it. So, no, it's it's disgusting. Yeah. The only thing I really trust in this game is Cortland Sutton at six grand. Even that feels high. Matt Collins doesn't seem bad, though, either at 4,500. Horrible matchup, though. Right? Push this. If you're trying to fill in something, if you had to play something from this game, if you had to, yeah, that that that'd be. How would be the only thing I'd really try to play just as a filler? That might do something. Yeah, hope to do something, or even Broncos DSD wouldn't be bad. Thirty five hundred. Um, Dolchich had one kind of off game, I guess. He's he's fine target volume wise and from a tight end standpoint. I wanted to look at that a little bit. Oh yeah, I was also looking at him too. Thirty eight hundred, just as you were saying that. Yeah, he 
He did have a bit of a rough game last week against Tennessee, though, so that's kind of expected. He had his floor game. He did. Um, Foss Moreau in the tight end world is also fine. Again, terrible matchup defensively. And Vegas is ranked 27th against the uh, tight ends. But what did I say? They gave up a touchdown last week to uh, Juwan Johnson, and then, but they didn't give up a touchdown for a long time until uh, week hard... five when they gave up four to Travis Kelsey. And that's the hard part about tight ends, too, right? It can be okay. Well, they're this against the tight end. Okay, yeah, they haven't given up a ten point tight end against Jordan Akins, Taysom Hill, Dan Arnold, and Kylan Granson, and Eric Sauber. The first time they played the Broncos when Dolchich wasn't healthy. The other guys, Everett, Ertz, Kelsey, guys that you think of as being pass-catching tight ends, all were 14-plus points in PPR. So, you know, they're 27th against the tight end, but it's important to give that context, especially at the tight end position, with who have you played. And they look good because they had a Broncos tight end room that didn't have anybody healthy, so they were playing Eric Sobert, and then four teams that don't utilize the tight end that much. Right. I always search that a lot, especially when it comes to like to touchdown flukes. Yeah. And that's where the, and then that touchdown spike from Kelsey is what really brought him down. It actually shows his uh pretty neutral game script matchup on, on FF today. Oh really? For Dolchich, yeah. Interesting. Again, it's because when Vegas hasn't given up points to the tight end, it's been nothing burgers of tight ends, and they have given up points to the guys that should score points. Right. Hey, Dallas Goder had a good game. Or not Dallas Goder. Yeah, Dallas Goder had a good game against No, him. he's the GOAT. I'm just kidding. But not really. So Goder had a good game against? Against Vegas? Oh, oh. Nope, never mind. Goddard didn't so play. I don't think they played. They haven't the played. Ertz yeah. had a good game against Vegas. That's what I was saying. That's, I'll give you the connection. Sorry. I'll give you the connection. <laughs> they, they they both played in Philly, and then one goes the other side. You still get them yeah. confused, even though they haven't played on the same team in three years. Yeah. It's almost 1130 here, so. Yeah, let's keep going. Are we ready? Yes. Cowboys at the Vikings. I figured you'd stop us when you'd had enough. I'm you sorry, know, you guys. I'm... You know, I, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the box score of the Titans and Packers games turn at uh Traylon Burks over twenty five percent target share. You didn't uh I don't know, maybe you wanted a lot more Greg Dolchich talk. Yeah, I was oh I, I wasn't listening. We're good. <laughs> I mean the listeners probably were. Damn Cowboys at Burks. Yeah, I know. Uh Cowboys at the Vikings. Cowboys. One and a half point favorites on the road. Forty seven and a half is the game total. Um, one of those spreads that make you go, what, huh? Dallas is a better team on paper. Minnesota's just playing out of their world with these type of one score games, which is what this game figures to be. I'll take the Vikings money line. If you want to bet the spread and get a little extra, that's fine. And I would take the over. Uh, Dallas has a strong defense, strong team overall. Minnesota can definitely keep up and push pace. You have two better than average quarterbacks going at it. 
great receivers. This should be a, probably game of the week. It should be a fun high. It should be on paper, in theory, a high-scoring game. So I'll take Minnesota to win and the over. Sorry, still work. Um, so you said that beautifully, by the way. I just want you to know that was all, all smooth, and you oh, went thanks. through it like you knew what you were talking about. And now I'm over here fumbling around trying to even find either. But there we go, Viking Cowboys. <laughs> the only reason I complimented you is because I needed to stall. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, when's a win, regardless of how you got there. This is gonna be a fantasy barn burner. From where I stand. And if I say start everything on my off base. Nope. Because I would say the same thing. Perfect. Yeah. This is a fun game to stack and play all the flex options. Yep. You got them. Exactly. Same for DFS. Play them all if you can. Game stack this game. And all the runbacks you can you can you know make with you know they're with... they're pricey though this week, but don't matter. That's why that's why you go cheap on defense. You know, cheap on potential tight ends, even though Schultz looked nice. Anyways, I'm still in your thunder. I'm sorry. No, you're all good. Play them all. Bengals at the Steelers. That would have been a game of the week two years ago. It's now who gives a fuck. Bengals three and a half point favorites on the road. 40 and a half is the game total. You have a strong pass rush versus a struggling offensive line. Low scoring game. Pittsburgh may not put up a lot of points, but I, I see Cincinnati struggling to consistently put drives together. But still, they'll win, and game goes under. Take the under, though. I, I I'd lean the Bengals spread. It's a great matchup for the Bengals. Um, we did see the Steelers get TJ Watt back, though. We do know that Cincinnati's offensive line is. A complete liability, but look, it's it's a solid matchup. That hurts the passer. That hurts Joe Burrow more than anything else. Mix in, you know, you had the the huge game before the bye, so I think that you can chase that in this matchup. Absolutely, um, you're you're fine with Higgins. Steelers secondary hasn't really been a threat, um, but you do got to be aware a little bit of Watt back and being able to wreck the game for Burrow. So just pay some attention to that. Steelers defense can turn up the intensity, especially on the pass game if they want to. And it's a divisional opponent. Yeah, for it's, what it's worth, week two. For what it's worth, week two. They beat them. Or not week two, week one. I think it was opening. Yeah, but the opening game had, of the year. Had Trubisky. Well, no, I know. I'm just, I'm. that's why I said for what it's worth. Um, The game went under, too. Deontay Johnson continues to get target volume, but he continues to have absolutely no upside, no touchdowns. High water mark on yardage is 84 all the way back in week three. The guy that does have upside is in touchdown upside is is Pickens, but it's been a little up and down for him. I do think this can be an up game, though. Um, Early in the season, again, was all the way back week one. Did have just three yards, but that was week one, George Pickens. He's he's acclimated to the NFL now. <laughs> so. And watch his number two target guy leave. Yeah, so... It's been up and down, but I, I think you can play both Pickens and Johnson. Pickens is going to be more of a pure upside play, where Johnson is going to be more of a pure floor play. You can combine them into one receiver. You have a superstar. <laughs> Pretty much. Like it. 
Yeah. We got a question that can wrap in that wraps into this game. Yeah. Perfect. Cole Komet or Pat Frymuth? You know, I that that's a really interesting one. Komet has been trending the right way and he's absolutely had huge touchdown upside. Frymuth has been relatively safe all season, but it's kind of the other thing where there's been no upside. It's been he's got what he's he's got been all four. He's got year. one touchdown. The yeah. target volume's been there, the yardage has generally been there. Um, to me, this is one of those questions that it depends on what you need, and that's hard to know on on it's, a Thursday night. But based on the matchup it, in projections, if I just need a tight end that's not going to kill me, I'm going to go for Ironmuth. But if I need upside at all, if I need to gain points on somebody in the standings for tiebreakers. I'm going Komet. So I'm probably going Komet in about 75 to 80% of all situations where I might be in this. 100% Komet. For you? Yeah. yeah. Upside Maybe, in uh, game script, upside in game that he's playing in, and he's basically become fire the right muth. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Right there's, the there's, there's, no, there's no reason I would play. You know, there would be no situation I would play fire muth over Komet this week. Nope. They're both they're, they're both good plays too. You I'm not saying it, they're bad play. And I think that's more what I was going for is there are some yeah. scenarios where maybe you could justify for our move, but we're it's all tight. Tight. It's tight and play the upside. <laughs> like yeah. it's, well, not, yeah. it's not tra- it's not Travis Kelsey. Like don't or, go or, safe or Mandrews. Just just play for upside. Yep. Yeah. Go for broke. All right. So come out all around. Ryan, uh DFS. Hayden Hurst. I like him because with TJ Watt being back, that Steelers defense is going to be like, you know, wreaking havoc on uh, Joe Burrow, like we've already said. So I feel like Hayden Hurst with Jamar Chase still out being that safety blanket for uh, Joe Burrow here going in the game. So $3,500, not a bad play on that one. But that you're going to start the same plays. Start the same plays. All right. Two games left. Sunday Night Football. Chiefs at the Chargers. Chiefs. Four and a half point favorites on the road. 51 and a half is the game total, which would put it at the highest game total on the week. Chargers are getting healthier. Mike Williams supposed to be back. Uh, they lose Gerald Everett, though. And uh, the state of that team is always just on their massive IR list. Uh, Chiefs also banged up on their side of the ball, though. Miko Harmon's on the IR. Juju has not been practicing all week. I would I would expect him probably be trading towards out. But Chiefs have just found ways to dominate with this receiving core regardless of who's been healthy post Tyree Kill. Uh, give me the Chiefs to cover. I'd probably lean the under. It's a lot of points. And while the Chargers offense is getting healthier, Chiefs also have a very, very good pass rush. And their defense has been playing strong lately. So I'd take the Chiefs to cover and lean the under. Yeah, Chargers offense is getting healthier, but they're not healthy yet. And with this being a Sunday night game, that gets a little tough to to predict. Um, you know, Mike Williams value. One, does he play? Two, does Keenan Allen play? That completely impacts it with Allen practicing. You're going to want to pay close attention to that on Friday and Saturday and how they end up classified, if there's certainty around them or if they end up as game time decisions. The matchup is good for both of them. 
it's going to come down to, you know, can they go? If they go, you start them. Um, because the Chargers are going to have to do whatever they can to keep up with this. Um, no Gerald Everett. Donald Parham, I believe, is healthy. Next guy up. We've seen some productivity out of him in the past and can absolutely do that in this matchup as well. Same with Eckler. Um, this is a game that you want to target. Even on the Chiefs side, running MVS and, and Tony, who are likely going to be the two that have to fill in, I'm still pretty comfortable starting both of them. Again, they're they're upside plays, but there's a lot of upside to be had there. Um, they just went out and, and traded for Tony. He caught the touchdown. We've seen MVS show some flashes. So there there is for sure upside there. The Chiefs running game continues to be a mess. That's an avoid. But as far as the two fill-in Chiefs receivers, um, they're both capable of doing something, and they have a quarterback that's capable of utilizing them, and they have an offense that's used to utilizing the, the types of receivers that they are. You absolutely go for that. Um, and for the Chargers, again, watch the health of of Williams and Allen because that's going to determine what you actually can do there. Totally agree on that. Yeah, the whole Chargers is hard to know who to play there because you don't know what the stats no. of Williams and Allen are going to be. But the funny thing was looking at the uh, DFS side, Kadarius Tony is fifty four hundred and MVS is forty seven hundred. So it's funny watching the Tony go up and then MVS kind of stay down. But I still like MVS just for that long shot of go for broke play of going deep just because that secondary is so easily be burnable that I think MVS will actually get a deep pass and hopefully a touchdown. But I'd definitely be looking to stack Mahomes with uh, Kelsey as a nice Sunday night stack. It's what you pay up for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, yeah. Mahomes is eighty three hundred, and then uh, Kelsey is eight grand. So you have over sixteen grand already wrapped up right off the bat. So right. I mean, that's again. You got to get cute after that. That's when all their production comes from. That's why you pay up for it. it says in a spread them out team. All right. Clyde Edwards Hilaire finally dropped below five uh, five grand. So I mean, he's a cheap option, right? If you're going to go yeah. heavy Chiefs in the showdown slate. Yep. Not a bad option. All right, we got a couple questions before we wrap up with the final game on tonight. Eric wants to know, he lists four receivers. We got to pick one to sit because he wants us to pick three to start. Amon Ross St. Brown, Scary Terry, Michael Pittman, and Gabe Davis. You got four, you got upside, you got four and upside. You got everything here. So pick one to sit. Amon Ross St. Brown, Scary Terry, Michael Pittman, and Gabe Davis. I usually start. I'm not going to start this time. I'm going to sit Pittman. I'm I'm sitting. I'm going to sit Davis. I'm going to sit Pittman. Yeah, I figured you. I figured you guys would both be. Um, for me, I guess I'm the odd man out. Um, because you hate Gabe Davis. No, I don't. I don't. I I actually don't hate (laughs) Gabe Davis. I just I I don't know if this is a game that they're going to need him in. Anyways, we do this every every week. week. Every week, and, yeah. And half the time I'm right and half the time you're right. Yeah, we do this so, every week, though. And, and half the time uh, Davis puts up wide receiver in one week, and half the time he is utterly useless. So <laughs> I always know when Davis puts up a game because all I see is I get the text message, hey, Dan. No, yeah. I, I it's that and it's the FF uh, writer's chat, which is 
They're all better. Oh, yeah. uh, cock holding uh, Gabe Davis in their mouth. But it's okay. It's, I still <laughs> love Gabe. mentioned the FF face off in like weeks. I, by the way, I, we're presented by the FF face off. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry, I keep forgetting that. Uh, uh, the show says play Davis over Pittman. So that's the that's the consensus that we're going to go with. Hey, half the time Davis gives you a that, wide receiver that just one said, week. He's a one or a wide receiver eight. You know how many times Michael Pittman's given you a wide receiver one week in the last four weeks? And you know how many times he's given you a wide receiver, not a wide receiver 50 or worse week? Well, to be a wide receiver 50, you have, I don't think Gabe Davis has been a wide receiver 50. Yes, yeah. He's finished in weeks. And he's a had wide receiver weeks. 50 or the wide receiver 50. Like There's the, a difference like, in those two things. Well, the wide, like he's finished as a wide receiver four or five in terms of your top. If you're, yeah, I was going to say, if you finish as a he's wide receiver, 50, worse than you're that. way he's down finished. there. You are way down there. I mean, he's finished as a he's finished as the wide receiver eighty six. I think I saw one week. So, yeah, well, he's you know. got floor, but he's got massive boom. So did Michael Pittman. Pittman That's three for thirty one week, <laughs> but his lowest is yeah. Yeah, he's got some. Uh, it's been better. He's, I feel I, f- I feel more. I mean, again, this is the argument of floor versus upside. I suppose. Right, give me the upside. Yep. Exactly. That's where I'm Pittman's, at. I think Pittman's got upside still, even though I think he's gonna get. Shadow by by Slay. So nine for seven for between fifty and sixty-five yards, no touchdowns. Count it. In a game that Matt Ryan, we had no clue if he was gonna play or not. So yeah. Why do you I'll... not know if Matt Ryan's gonna play? He played last week and won. Last week yeah. we didn't know that he was gonna play last week. That's what I'm He's saying. Play again. We He's were told play again. Yeah. You know, I'm saying last week we didn't know that he was gonna play and he still put up nine targets. Not Pittman, but we didn't know that Matt Ryan was gonna play last week. We didn't know. So Pittman probably knew. Yeah. Well, I would hope so. I mean, <laughs> doesn't matter what we on. know. Anyways, all right. Yes, Gabe Davis. Sure. Yep. Here, here comes the questions. More questions. Drake. Because the Thursday, because the Thursday night game, just it's over it. with. Remember, the still where the degenerate's still up. Yeah. Uh, Kenyon Drake or DeAndre Swift? Swift. 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 Okay. Sweep it. I need to start two full PPR. Uh, Kadarius Tony, DJ Moore, or Michael Pittman? Pick one that's it. Pick one that's it. Tony Moore or Pittman? Wow, that's a lot closer. Yeah, I'm stuck between Moore and Pittman on who to sit. I'm going to sit Moore because he's the most likely to give you a total straight freaking goose egg. That is very true. The issue with Moore is that we talked about this earlier. Theoretically, you think Baker's going to be an upgrade, but the first three games with Baker, you didn't get a lot out of DJ Moore. You got like six targets and 43 yards, one touchdown over that three-week stretch. Um, Chiefs are banged up in what should be a matchup where they can score points. Tony did have the touchdown last week. He's still familiarizing himself with the offense. We know he can be dynamic. We know the Chiefs can use that type of playmaker. And we just talked about the floor that Michael Pittman has. Um I don't want to risk if, if I'm in that scenario, I don't want to risk the floor falling out of DJ Moore. Cause it's been when it's been bad for him, it's been bad. I really want to say sit Tony, but he is DJ Moore in a better offense. I mean he's not DJ Moore, but that's the floors. Yeah. I mean, Tony got more production on her only running 15 snaps last week. It's freaking nuts. On a new team coming back from injury. Like, I, I don't love Tony, but this is where better. we're at with DJ Moore. This is just where we're at. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. 
Like he he can't even he can't overcome this. That's how no. bad it is in Carolina. So we're all we're all in collective and sitting DJ Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right, play Tony and Pittman Adam. Cam Cummings wants to know standard scoring. Yeah. Going way back. Darius Slayton or Nico Collins? Collins for me. Death. Just because of the target share he got last week. I'll take death. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, I'll take DJ Moore. No, I'm going Slayton. I'll go for uh, the. I'll, I'll go for the uh, slight upside. Don't with no make PPR. me tie break this one, please. No, don't make me tie great. Okay, I'm going Slayton. Okay, Slayton's okay. the show. Ryan likes Collins. Um, I don't love either play, but at least I'll lean. I no, guess big play potential. Why I said death, but they're playing the they're playing the freaking Lions. So give me the matchup. Anyways, all right, that's it for that. Thank you for the question. I don't know for questions. But last game, uh, Niners at the Cardinals. Niners are eight and a half point favorites. 43 and a half is the game total. Uh, probably a little mixture of not knowing if Kyler is going to play or not. And the fact that the Cardinals offense has kind of been a little up and down. Right. Cliff's going to take care of us. He's going to name a starter before. Oh, before thanks, Monday Cliff. Night. And yet he'll still disappoint like he always does. Hater. I know. He makes it so easy. Yeah, after five years of figuring this out about you, once you decide you you hate somebody, you don't really come off of that, do you? Gabe Davis, Cliff Kingsbury. See, the funny part is I I, I don't I I've I've never really been a fan of Cliffs. You're right there. I've 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 don't hate Davis. He just I picked the side when he was when the fucking community decided to split him. That's why he's Santa Claus. He gives everyone the gift. Hey, of being I have correct. been nothing but realistic about Gabe Davis. I just choose to like the upside more. You are the you are I one acknowledge of the few. The, I acknowledge the downsides there. You are I the very you are like one the, of the very few Davis uh, truthers this year that are actually reasonable about Gabe Davis. He's Will Fuller. Oh yeah, modern day Will Fuller. Will Fuller even had better floor than him when he was healthy. <laughs> Will Fuller didn't I've have never a seen a player like Gabe Dave. I've never seen this much oh, discrepancy. Yes, you have. Who? It wasn't Will Fuller because when he's healthy, he was productive. Deshaun Jackson. We think of Deshaun Jackson, but yeah, but that's his later years. I mean, this is Gabe Davis's healthy prime. Was he still a player? Did you see him? Some days. <laughs> <laughs> Some days. By the way, Deshaun Jackson's still in the league and is on. I the know range. he's with both. But yeah, he's with the Rams. No, he should be with, yeah, Baltimore, with Baltimore, isn't he? Sorry, he's yeah. wearing a Rams jersey in his picture. That's what threw me off. <laughs> Adam what? just asked if Ben Skoranek is the number one receiver in the Rams. Adam, uh, go back two <laughs> hours ago when we talked about <laughs> I this. I, I have not collectively disliked the player so much because of you two. <laughs> God. <laughs> This is like worse than uh, me having to hate Gabe Davis because you so can't pick the median against him. The answer is I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you and pretend to know. We don't know. We don't know. No. We, we don't know. We think it's probably going to be Robinson, and I actually think Higby gets the biggest bump out of this. That's what I think, but I don't feel confident in any of that. No. Ro- Robinson is a number one receiver. Doesn't mean he's the number one uh, player in scoring points. Yeah, and it, he's it the could focus be, of that offense. It now. could be Skoranek. It's not Van Jefferson. I can tell you that. He's Skronik, not stepped into anything. Yeah, no. so. Skronik's not going to command top coverage. So, in theory, it's going to be Robinson. Yeah. That's Robins- yeah. Where I, I see where you're going. Robinson you know, should man, theoretically yeah. be the one 
draw top coverage. If they don't create mismatch with with him, Skoranek and Higby are going to be the two that benefit. Yeah. All right. Niners, Cardinals, I'll repeat, eight and a half for the Niners that are away, uh, 43 half game total. Uh, I'm not betting this game. I have the spread's a bit too high. Um, the Niners can easily win this game, but late heroics by Murray can definitely, you can get some backdoor cover here with this. Um, yeah, in the game total, I need to know if Kyler's playing or not. So at this point, I'm not making the decision on it. And Adam just asked if he should drop Madison for Ben Skronik. <laughs> Fuck it, why not? Yeah. I'd probably stash Madison as we get closer to the playoffs, but that's just more strategy than one for one player. Yeah. I mean, you're basically holding Madison. Yeah. As you get closer to the playoff season, it makes more sense to hold off, hold on to elite handcuffs just in case. That's true versus taking the dart there. Yeah. I don't think Saronic's going to do enough to to overtake like maybe he's more productive but, but by really how much and is his upside higher than Madison if Madis or if if Cook is to get hurt yeah that's no. how I that's how I approach it and the answer is no um 49ers Cardinals to to run through this one you're getting oh, fuck it it's chalk I, I don't really know what else to say um Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey saw split work. That surprised me. That's so fucking infuriating, man. Fuck John Lynch. I guess you can play them both because that's incredible. Five draft picks that split a backfield. Yeah. What the fuck? I was not expecting that at all. I thought that Mitchell was just buried and then he suddenly has some value. That's Oh my God. This is a matchup where that value plays. Just saying. Um, Debo Samuel's uh, been pretty really iffy. That's maybe a fade. I like Ayuk this week. He's, you know, emerged a year later than everyone thought he was going to, more or less. I mean, he basically was Debo his rookie year, and then it flipped yeah. back to Debo when healthy, and now that they're all healthy again, Ayuk they, is they actually don't, being, They're like they're ruining this whole thing. For, like, uh, they ruin I, everything for us. Ayuk has been used as a receiver. This year, which yeah. is why there's benefit and Debo's pretty much like we saw the end of he's last gotta year. He's got to be still hurt. Like, like there's got to be some report well, that he's that we haven't seen that he's got to be banged up. Like, like, in what world would you not maximize? You know, Debo. Debo is like skill set. Yeah, I don't know because been... another traded for McCaffrey, which again, the last two weeks have been relatively <sighs> for Debo. So. Yeah. Um, but it's a good matchup, so yeah, fuck it, play him too. Um, the Cardinal side of this, you just lost Ertz. We talked about McBride already in the show. It was like two hours ago, though. So McBride's the <laughs> backup there. Ryan's really, like, it's this whole century ago. Really need a YOLO play. Um, oh, so yesterday's news. Keep an eye on Hollywood. <laughs> Even if Hollywood is back, I would want to wait and see that a little bit more. Um. And how that's going to work with you know him versus Rondell Moore with Nuke in the offense. It's really just Hopkins and Connor should have the majority of the backfield. Boom. I I like Kittle because anytime 
you put anyone plays Arizona, you always start the tight end. So Kittle fifty four hundred guarantees fire up start. And then everything else pretty much like like Hopper said as a chalk play. Sorry, fill, fill him in, fit him in. I just assume you're starting Kittle at this point. That's why I didn't say him. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, yeah. he's also fifty four hundred, and they're going against the worst against the tight end position. Yeah, it is the worst defense against the tight end position. So. All right, that's my, that's my favorite play. That's the show. Thank you guys for the for the late questions again, and we appreciate it. And uh, don't ever feel bad about asking us questions. That's, that's, now, that's we, what we're here for. I it's actually fun. enjoy that more than probably any other part of what we do in season. So, yeah, it it breaks up the it breaks up the same game script that we use. And it allows Dan and I to have a weekly argument about Gabe Davis. Because there's always a fucking <laughs> question about Gabe, Gabe Davis. Davis. Always a Gabe Davis If it's question. not Thursday night during recording and it's It'll on be Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. Oh, yeah. God, just... I want to be on his side. Just let me be on his side once. Ben I mean, I can... is making his ben, way up there. Fuck Ben Skoranek. Oh, we're going to have a lot of Ben Skoranek this week. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Well, there's going to be a lot of Ben Skoranek. Fuck Ben Skoranek. Just don't, don't just don't play anybody. That's a low game total game. Both offenses. No, just don't even play it. Tenant doesn't exist. Higby, because he's a tight end. And yeah. we're missing some. <laughs> that's that's it. a lot. That's it. That's the show. We'll that's see you guys show. Sunday. Thank you. See ya. Dan's closing the show. He doesn't even do social media. Stealing my job. Oh, Dan's still here. All right. Welcome back, Dan. <laughs> Did Dan leave? <laughs> He's like, that's the show. And I said, see ya. And he's still here. Still here.